Hello and welcome back to the Ark of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. It feels good to say that again. Yes, it does. In person. Yes. It has been a minute. We're both fully vaxxed. Yes. Ready to rock and roll. Yes. Um, I've been saying vaxxed. Face to face. We've been on we've been on Zoom. We weirdly ad- adopted Zoom like in true Ark of E fashion. For one month. like like 12 months after everybody else did, though. Mm-hmm. Like almost a full year after that was the thing, we all of a sudden started using it for podcasts with right. our cousins. Uh, thank you to anybody who listened to those episodes. And I hope somebody's been patiently waiting for the triumphant return of Gavin Blanchard, the Florida man. Yes. The As I've been, yes. as I've been saying, I'm, I'm vaxxed, waxed, and ready to lax. Because that's all ready I've been doing. Lax. I, I like that's it. That's all okay. I've been doing all week, man. I got bit by a flamingo. I got a little Florida sun, drank a little bit on the beach, got some dope sunset sunset shots. Could not get any of the blood moon because every time I would get ready with my camera, the clouds would come up. So I still got to look at what I've got on uh, on my old uh, DSLR. Bought a new lens from uh, somebody who lives down nice. there. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's fucking good, awesome. Good trip. Always a good trip. I love South Florida. I, I'm at this point where I'm like, do I want to just throw it all the way and just run down there and escape and maybe live on a boat and or you know work and live on a boat or you're gonna you're gonna moon dog it up yeah i see you know i I mean there's there's plenty of tours all these little islands and atolls and stuff out in the gulf like i could make a living running people as a captain there Captain, dude, Captain Ron, captain gav captain gav captain gavin yeah (laughs) captain gavin (laughs) captain gavin or i could just i could do you know what i could do or maybe Maybe we just remake Captain Ron with you as the star. Right. And we just got to find your Martin Short. Yeah. We'll figure uh, it out. Yeah, we can figure it out. He, I don't know. There's plenty of people taller than me. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe He's we just want me. Danny McBride to remake Captain Ron. I think that's where my brain is actually headed. But also that's give us happening. the money for the script and the idea so we can move to South Florida? Sure. Yeah. Or we that just works. shoot it like off the coast of Charleston right yeah. here. Just you mean, you know out. people with boats, right? You know, you got rich friends, right. don't you? <laughs> I could probably I could probably scrounge together a boat or two. That sounds like if a, I called in a, a favor. Here to, that's that's what I, I could get be. us on a boat. I could get you, I could get you a boat in ten hours. That's I what I want. Ten hours, be. but I could definitely like. That's my. I job. could sweet talk somebody into getting us a boat within like a week or two. That's just what a, I do. Like two weeks notice. Yeah, that's what. That's it. I moved to Florida, and I'm just that guy that can just find stuff and get stuff for you. Oh, you need? I got you. Don't worry. You know, no problem. Give me, give me forty eight hours. I'll get it for you. Just like a, a fixer, a handler kind of deal. Seriously, whoever is listening, do not steal this idea. Yes, a movie about that guy, mm-hmm. the guy who gets all the shit, the guy you always go to in the action mm-hmm. movie who gets you all the shit. Like Jean Reno and, Ray, and Ronan, I yeah. can get you anything. Yeah, but a movie about that guy and from that guy's perspective. How how did he come to a position? How do you become that guy? Right. Who gets all the stuff? For the other guys, right? I imagine you got to be really friendly, have like a nice, unassuming face, but also be tough enough to like if somebody tries to double cross you, you know, it's a knife to the throat or you know, a quick silencer shot, you know, to in the chest, never in the face. You got to be able to identify your target to get <laughs> no paid. No women, no kids. Yeah, no women, no kids. Obviously. obviously. Um. Okay. We we have a fuck ton of a stuff. Mount, a mountain of stuff to discuss it's we been have a, while a boatload been of on, stuff on to Mike. discuss we we've chatted a bit in text so i know some stuff that we're in sync on 
I don't know how you want to approach this, but I definitely want to segment it off. So you want to go movies or TV first? We go into the movie arc, or are we going to hop aboard the TV arc? Let's do movies first, but before that, we got we to gotta talk news. What's the news? A man cannot see, he cannot fight, Noah. Oh, of course. That, and this will be a perfect segue to, for you to talk about us getting some kind of ban from Universal. Fucking Tim Capello is working with Gunship on a new album. Oh, that's pretty big news. Too. Yeah, that it, dude, this, uh, this is what I've been waiting for. I mean, yeah, we can talk about so, our movies and stuff. I'm so happy to send that to you. Dude, I've never, like, did you watch that? You saw they called him Timmy Capello. Timmy, right? yeah, that's what he goes I, by. I, did you watch that? I did not know that. I thought that was just a cute wink from Gunship. Right. But uh, he goes by Timmy Capello? Yeah. Love it, dude. Did you watch that that um, Warren Stories thing I told you about? I have no, I have not, dude. You teased I, it to me. Yes. It's it's kind of neat. I thought it was going to be all celebrities. It was, and to me, he's a fucking celebrity. But he's just like, you know, he's after, a legend. He's a legend. But he, it's so sad because he's like, yeah, after like ninety something, nobody had saxophones in their bands anymore. And I kind of quit now, working. And now it's coming back yeah. in a big bad way. It has been for past like decade mm-hmm. everybody loves a sax dude dude who i gotta play you this larue remix that just came out yeah a they just like they did a beautiful job in general but then all of a sudden in the normal like breaks with no vocal mm-hmm. sax baby yeah it's so good i gotta play it for you before you leave i mean fucking the weekend got kenny g to come do a in your eyes remix exactly man. just it's, for that it's it's everywhere but yes okay, i'm so waiting for your sax on, only ep on, he was on what one song on the previous gunship record just that one song i he may have played backing sax for like other but parts they of other said tracks. on three he's like laying down stuff right throughout the record which is so exciting yeah because i already loved them loved that they got him in the first mm-hmm. place and then the idea that they're gonna make like oh. I, I was also like this is only the third one for some yeah. reason i thought they had like way more but i guess yeah. they have a lot of eps yeah uh, yeah, Gunship, awesome band. We've shouted them out a bunch of times, but oh, dude, they come. So we're excited about here? that. But the the biggest news, the best was, news, and we knew it was coming, but we but didn't know when or how. Yes. And the fact that the first one I saw came from his Instagram. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't the show. It wasn't Martin Cove. It wasn't anybody associated. They all reposted it later, but freaking Tig himself, yeah. dude, Thomas Ian Griffith dropped. The teaser of all teasers for us Karate Kid slash Cobra Kai fans. Dude. It was, all it was was his back. Yes. And it was audio from previous yes. movies. But God damn and it. And it was enough to make me just like, <gasps> I flipped out. Everybody at work, I was like, I've literally been waiting three seasons. Like, since this show started, I was always just like, Terry Silver, will yes. we see him again? Yes. And... I just, I can't believe it's finally here, dude. And we get it. We know we get it before the year is over. Yes, that's, that's the, the best thing. part. We just, and remembering that we just got three at the beginning, beginning of, of this the year, year dude. which feels like forever ago at this point. Right. But, wow, man. Dude, I, I was I in... cannot wait. I have so many, like, my, my brain is on fire with where we, it could listen, go. Listen, we, So much so that I'm like, what is the point in speculating? When because we get, we, listen, we when know, we get a date, yeah. when we get a hard date, we will make sure that a week or two before, 
we do a speculation podcast on what the third, the fourth season is going to bring us. Yes. And then I say we do the same thing, binge along, watch the whole goddamn thing the day it comes out. Yeah, I'm down. And we'll Taking do our little board. jump in yeah. here and there. Perfectly and it'll be fine just, with me. Yeah. I, think I we was, should definitely do that. Again. I was in the Sarasota Jungle Gardens feeding the flamingos, taking videos. I told you I got bit by one. And I, you sent that, and I was like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> to the point that, like, I turned to Bex, and I was like, look at this. Dude, and then, she didn't get it, and then she saw season four, and I was like, she was like, oh, I was like, you don't get this. That's Terry Silver. Yeah. You don't understand. You don't understand the gravity of this, because I was you, freaking out, man. And then, I don't know if you saw his follow-up post where it was him, and I was like, dude, I hope he turns into the Martin Cove personality on social yes. media, because I, I need all the TIG content we can get, dude. No, I want him He's to back. be. I want him to be Terry Silver on social media. Oh, I would love that. But because like his his Twitter's kind of neat. Like his wife posted a, a video of him doing like a, a an Irish dance or something around for. Oh yeah, Penny's I saw day. that a while ago, and he yeah. had like a full beard. And yeah. So I was like, dude, what does he even look like now? And of course, he shaves down. And I was like, oh, he still got it. Still a badass. He's still got it. He's still there. I dude. can't wait. I'm telling you, uh, Excessive no. Force Three, baby. There was was there a two? There was a two with a female straight to video. Oh, that's right. We talked yeah. about this at the time. Excessive He's not force. in it. He doesn't no. like hand the reins. Over they there. may, they may do like Here, you know, you stock go, footage. Be more excessive. Yes. Okay. I'm just saying. Excessive force, dude. What if, what if he kills it, and somehow our boy, our boy is watching. It's like you know what? I've been kicking this I always thing. Like that guy. I was kicking <laughs> this thing around, and I really enjoyed him. You know what? I'm gonna do an all-out vampire sequel from the point of Valak. There's no good guy. It's just him fucking shit up and or a prequel or something. Just something I, for he, I the man thinking, himself and I was to thinking together. more like it just inspires him to finally finish the trilogy. And Escape from Earth is about Snake Plissken teaming up with his long lost brother, played by Thomas Ian Griffith. Jake Plissken. And we get yeah, sure. And we get <laughs> Yeah, dude. And we get Tag and Kurt Russell. Floating around the galaxy. The only problem is Kurt is shit. Kurt is extremely shorter than Tom than Tig is. Dude, that's good. That's just good visuals. That's a good matchup. That's it's like true. him and him and Wang in uh, Big Trouble. That's true. Yeah, it's the reverse of that. I got it exactly. They gotta find their long lost third cousin, Dennis Dunn. Bring him in. Bring him in. Whatever. No, that's <laughs> it, dude. Not even escape from LA. Uh, uh, Do it all. Do, yeah. Do it all. Whatever Run you're thinking. Do it all. It's it goes in. Yeah, you know what? Because 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 we get to pay. He's Jack Sorry, Burton's long lost brother. He's searching for Jack. He has to find Wang to help him find out what happened to Jack. It's big trouble in Little China Town. Okay. Boom. <laughs> okay. All right. Before we get, you said you wanted to start with movies. Yes. And we will. After a word from our sponsor. Is this the first time in Arc of E history we have a sponsor? Who's your sponsor? Who's our sponsor? This episode is brought to you in part by Relaxation Sphere. They are a started as a YouTube channel for relaxation, meditation, etc. And they have now expanded and become a music label. And they've put out three releases so far, one of which happens to be by an artist named Narc, who is in fact me. I don't think we've ever talked about that on the podcast. I don't before. want anyone. I, I love how like tranquil and just still and smooth your voice went when you're like there. Relaxation. Well, you can't talk. I can't I scream about them. I can't do I like a, a normal ad. 
I'll probably lay some music behind this, okay. too. Uh, so, yes, the music you'll hear throughout this episode is off of the Meddler EP, uh, released by me, Noah, also known as Narc, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, SoundCloud as well. That's where I do all of my stuff, but my proper label releases are now available to the world. Uh, they're a label based out of Austria. They found me on SoundCloud, and they like my stuff. They used me on a playlist a little while ago on their YouTube channel, and I was very grateful. They said they were expanding into becoming a label. They asked me if I was interested. I said, absolutely. I submitted some material, and we released an EP together. So You know what this means. Um, Eurovision 2022, baby. Here we go. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Now I just got to find a vocalist. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... congratulations to the show and Uh, to you for a sponsor so there go check them out uh, on Instagram at Relaxation Sphere Uh, you can find their profile on Spotify as well which will connect you to all their releases we'll be highlighting some of those over the course of the next few episodes but you're you're hearing my stuff in this episode but we'll we'll share some of the other Relaxation Sphere family artists uh, and then in the coming months they're like an ongoing sponsor there you go slash an excuse for me to shout out my own music project and tell you to please go to Spotify if you use Spotify and follow NARC it's lowercase n capital A capital R and capital K gotcha because my name is Noah right and And it's it's your arc so NARC got it that's dope exactly I sprung that on Gavin and the whole family. I didn't tell him about it in advance. Yeah. It's been coming together over the last few months. That was a nice surprise in Florida yeah. as well. Yeah. All this shit was happening. I need to go to Florida oh, more. Oh, yeah. Often. I forgot you were there when I yeah. sent it to you. But Yeah. I yeah, was man. like, holy so shit, that, my brother's got a That all came together out. over the course of the last few months. Uh, it was killing me not to say anything about it. I did tell, like, Veronica and a few other people, obviously, that, like, it was happening and everything. You're but, like, listen, I don't want to jinx anything. But, uh, that was the if, other thing. I didn't, happens, say, I didn't want to say anything until it was like 100% real. And even in the buildup, I was like, okay, at what point are they like, okay, but now we require your credit card information right. <laughs> or like something like that. I was like, this can't actually be like how stuff like this happens. Like they, they found me on SoundCloud. They made me an offer. They were like an actual person. They weren't a bot, which SoundCloud is infested with. Yeah. Um, and it was I, the whole time I was just like, "This isn't actually happening. This what isn't if, actually happening." What if and I told you that it was me? It was on spot. What if I was doing all this? <laughs> uh, that like, would, I mean, that would trip me out. But I the, honestly, the longest catfish ploy you've ever heard. Yeah, of. that would that would take just to long. boost your spirits, make you feel like I got, I can make music again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say it was like shit, uh, uh, something in my balls because I got a thing from them about like shave my something about it's basically like a male trimmer thing. Some random person was like, "You should do a sponsorship for this." The Manscaped, not it's a oh, it's okay. kind of like, like an off-brand Manscaped, but it's called like Shave My Balls or like okay. whatever. And well, to be clear, they are not a sponsor. They are This is but they want a relaxation sphere is our sponsor. Right now, I, and, I guess I have to turn them down because them. go check them out, please. I messaged the main company. I was like, "Is this legit or is this just a bot hit me up?" And they're like, "It was like, the guy was like, no, it's legit. Like if you'll." you know, do the trial thing and like, tell us what you think, like keep what we send you and give us a review. And, you know, if you don't mind, we'll be, you shout us out on your, on your show. And I was like, Oh, you must know that I do a podcast, but I don't know if I want like relaxation and then like a 
manscape ball trimming and like you know dude i've heard more disparate advertisers in single episodes on a show right it's not a big deal uh so we welcome all all sponsors right you can contact us Mm -hmm. the arc of e at At gmail.com as always or you know either one of us on instagram apparently that's how it works too you can just message us there shout us on instagram at the arc of e network because i'll sponsor anything for a promo code it doesn't matter (laughs) Yeah, I don't even want money at this point. Um, I just want a promo code. I do have some standards for what I will right. allow on this network right. as the uh, editor in chief, CEO, yes. all that. Yeah, exactly. We got it. Gotcha, boss. But Gavin is open to all comers. Right. So just, you know, let him know. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is how I get you. stuff. So Noah. this is how I can facilitate is, getting stuff for yeah. everybody. You know, this, this is how I know a guy. Qu- this was quite the first ad. Yeah. On our. <laughs> On our podcast, you thank you what? for this. You made an, uh, you made an EP. You can cut this down and make it sound great. Don't worry about it. You got I, it. Do, you do a post. Um, I do like zero editing on this show at this point. So it's very free form, unless you you know say something completely wild. Um, Which usually you stop me in the minute and we just rewind back and go. Yeah, over I'm like it, so. hey hey hey. Uh, yeah, you can't say that here. <laughs> it hasn't happened that much, folks. I promise. I'm not terrible. I just sometimes let myself go. As I sit when silently I get, over here, when I, reflecting when on I get the really moments pettish. that I've had edited out. Okay, anyways. Movies. Movies. Motion pictures. <laughs> films. Cinema. Cinema. Film. That's entertainment. That's entertainment. And um, like that, he's gone. Can we stop doing Spacey impressions? You've done it like oh, the shit, last that several is Kevin episodes. Spacey. Please stop doing. Uh, oh, because you got to edit it out. I forget. I'm not going to edit it out. I, I just forget like, that can we him. not? Can we not? The movie's not even that good. I've had this debate with mom. Yeah, and me. The movie yeah. fucking sucks. It doesn't hold up. Does to not repeat hold up viewings, it doesn't. Yes, the first time you're shocked and all. Great. Then, fantastic. Yeah. Agreed. It's not a rewatchable movie. It's not. Yeah. People say that it is. I don't understand. Them. You know what, Noah, for my two by two. You're a son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, here we go. We're going new. I'm yeah. not going rewatches. We're all going right. out the gate. 20 minutes into this episode, we're getting at it. And I'm taking you back, though. We have never talked about The Empty Man on mic. That's how long it's been since we've recorded together. Yeah, that's a new one. The Empty Man, which we both totally slept on. Yeah. From 2020. Creepy uh, as fuck. You know, just loosely released into the VOD wasteland of last year. Yeah. Like... Maybe it hits, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Maybe it has some word of mouth. But it has, over the last year, kind of crept up and become like one of the cult horror movies of the last few years. Like People love it. And so it already had that rep going for it before I actually sat down to watch it. And it 100% lived up to the hype. And that is a rarity in the horror genre at this point for me. But James Badgedale... Uh, I think this guy was, I need to look up the director, but it is, it is epic in scope. It's pretty, pretty lengthy. Yeah. Super atmospheric. And one of those that I do not want to spoil, like where it ultimately goes or what it's about, because that would just, uh, would spoil half the fun. Uh, I knew it. I knew he was in thirteen hours. From what hours. I'm seeing, I think this guy just uh, has shorts mostly prior. I think this might be his first feature. In which case, a fantastic debut, Mister uh, David Pryor, who it looks like 
has worked on some Fincher movies in the past. Uh, but it is, without spoiling anything, Empty Man is kind of a swirl of several different subgenres that theoretically it should not all work together. Mm-mm. It's like a mishmash is a is usually used as a negative term, but like it takes all of these kind of disparate elements from, like I said, several different subgenres. Like, I don't even want to say what those subgenres are. Oh, like I, I was thinking like sinister, The Conjuring, all these different like supernatural things. You got su- yeah, you got but but then you got weirdly like cult things. There's cold aspects to it. There's slasher elements. Yes. There's like straight up dark creepy house no real jump scares which i appreciate very unsettling more, though more in the ariaster vein yes of like just sit and look at this for a minute we're just gonna like make you sit through some really uncomfortable shit but james badge deal carries you through the whole thing fantastic performance yes supporting cast is really good as well I, again i think it's still just a rental at this point but a huge recommend from us now if you want to hold off presumably in October, when we're doing October conversation, where we as- will assume more people have seen it, and yeah, we, we might, can go. This would deep be a deep that. dive yes, for like definitely. recent recent horror movies to cover, and I would love to revisit it then. And also, it might be free streaming somewhere as opposed, but it's a rental on VOD. If you're looking for something creepy to watch late at night by yourself in the dark, or you know, with a loved one to cuddle up with, uh, very atmospheric, great, just. Great mood, great vibe, not what you're expecting. And really, again, dude, epic runtime does not feel like it. I was glued the whole time. Yeah. To the point that, like, and even, like, the thing I'll say, you and I have had this debate with several films. Do you or do you not show whatever this thing is? And, like, every visual of what is supposed to be, you know, jarring the way it's shot, the way we hang with it, the way, you're, like you said, you're forced to look at it, it is just so unsettling. Without spoiling anything, there that pro, there's a prologue right. set in a, a snowstorm, essentially. Yes. Oh, and there's dude. a cabin involved. No, sir. Okay? No, and no fucking And something uh-huh. emerges from this snowstorm. And Veronica did not make it through the whole movie with me because I started it very late. But she saw this opening prologue. And when this thing emerged, we both were like, uh, uh, like, fuck this yeah. like it is you know skin crawling yes uh, which is not a thing i use that often but like this one yeah this one got in my bones as they say very creepy movie and definitely stuck with me too but i'm also excited to revisit it at the same time because like that's my thing and the thing that i think that like bothered me was like usually in i don't know if you want to maybe call this like it plays with a genre a little bit when something happens to someone it is like a singular experience to that person but when you throw in the idea of, like, by osmosis or by, like, just exposure, the thing that's happening to one can start to happen to all, that bothers me. Because at that point, you realize, like, even someone you love and care about isn't safe. And, yeah, you know, you go back and forth with, like, well, maybe it's just this, maybe it's just that. I, I think I've said before, the thing I loved about the Evil Dead remake was the fact that they're out there with that girl because she's an addict and they're trying right. to help her recover. So it plays perfectly to like, oh yeah, sure there's shit in the woods. You're just coming off, you're coming down and you're 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 freaking out. Everything's right. okay, but it isn't. So the way that's like kind of parsed out through here, it just adds to everything. And I think I'll definitely make sure I rewatch it again before we talk about it. But that's one I would love to do a deep dive on. Yeah. I'd um, like to get into let's, more let's stake that for sure. That's a October candidate. 
I think on October, I would love to... I don't really know what's going on with horror now. What it means. In terms of the genre as a whole. I would love to particularly get Matt and Pat on and we do... A, a deep dive on like the current state right because of i horror, was so like what what is popular in the indie circles what is popular in the mainstream at this point right and then what are where did the classic subgenre yeah that sort of thing because like last year i was so bummed for not getting halloween kills you know i i told you everything is, is it's all lovecraft lovecraft country came out hit at the right time it was perfect to infuse for sure. lovecraft into my viewing experience for mm-hmm. that but that got me thinking because, like, I saw a trailer for whatever eighth Conjuring thing they've got coming out lately. I'm like, what? what is the state of this genre that I love that is the whole reason why I would ever dream of getting into making movies would be to make a horror movie of all. They seem like the best and most fun time. Yeah. What's the current state of it? What am I, what am I, what am I doing here? You know, why am I not turned on by what big Hollywood is supposed to be giving me, why am I really on the indie kick with some of these that I, and I'm, that I'm not even aware of that, that I'm finding secondhand through you and just going through an algorithm search on a search engine on prime or wherever. How, why, why am I not there? What's going on with it? I, I think that's a I good discussion. Part, I mean, to, yeah. I think part October. of it has migrated to streaming too, where it's just like the horror heads find a movie, elevate it and talk on the internet mm-hmm. about it, but it never reaches like, mainstream relevance or anything like that i think shutter's been a huge boom oh, yeah. actually like they have a new one coming out like an uh irish horror movie that yeah. i think is available now actually um caveat yeah I saw that, that looks very yeah. very creepy and good as so much so that we may have to sign up for shutter again early or maybe we just save that one for october too i also just watched the trailer for neil blomkamp's first movie since chappie it's been a while and he's doing a horror movie called Demonic, and it looks incredible. I, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's great. I don't really want to talk about him. Oh, of course not. I saw literally today an article about, like, here's some more images from the alien yeah. movie we never got. It's not his fault, dude. It isn't. It's but really Scott's fault. I know. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. But I don't want to talk about him because, like... What could have been? Right, I have to. You're say, like, and then he made Chappie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but and again, we when we say all this, no, I do want to mention, it's 2021 now, and even in the pandemic year, I still don't know anything more about Chuck Hank and the San Diego Twins. Just gonna let you know. You, to be continued. <laughs> yeah, that's what I fucking thought. I wish I could whip out right now, like, well, brother, let me tell you, I happen to have it on this laptop, but sadly, I don't. Evan I was Glodell, waiting for that. If you're somehow listening. To see a can we see a assembly cut? Whatever the trailer. state of it just is, just give me a new trailer. Whatever the state of it is, can we please put our eyeballs on it, please? But whatever you need, I'm that guy now, dude. I can get it for you. Just tell me, I'll get it. Oh, I yeah. want to watch yeah, this you movie. Get it here, Gavin. Yeah, Gavin's that. We guy just now. decided this, right? And maybe Evan Glodell, do you want to help us make that movie we were talking about? Yeah, about the guy who gets all the shit. We don't care if it okay. ever comes out. Do we have a laundry list? And yes. I'm going to try to keep it moving. Let's move on to a movie that you and I think have more uh, polarized opinions on. Mm-hmm. From old Amazon Prime. Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. What'd you think? I was unimpressed 
Unimpressed? I was amped. I was excited by the trailer. Yeah. I love Michael B. Jordan. Of course. Stefano Salima. I never saw Sicario 2. Yeah. Day of the Soldado. I did. But I did see 000, which he directed, I think, most of. Mm -hmm. And so I was amped on him just simply based on that. Yeah. I was a little curious what the hell Brett Gelman was doing in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I, and part of me is like, cool casting, and then part of me is like, really distracting, dude. Could you have made him look a little different? Could he have, like, gone for an accent or something? Like, I love More Brett tan. Gelman, but it, re it really took me out of it when it's like, and the man who killed your wife. Brett Gelman. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> who wants some Arnie Palmies? That's what I think. I I'm think just... of him from uh, the other guys every time. Oh yes, I know. I know like you among know, many Fleabag. other brilliant performances. But yeah, just to, it. I thought, and I thought he was. I want to preface it by saying I thought he was good in it. I thought it was well performed by him. Right. But it. And he just has that, that face. I he hate has that, that I'm face, putting that dude. on him. But that took me out of it. Also, I think. Obviously, Stefano Salima, he can shoot a movie. Right. I just don't think the script was there with this one at all. It felt like the most recycled. And granted, I don't know how long ago this book was written. And maybe it's one of those things where it's like, well, it's 80s. been referenced or adapted in other fashion so many times. But this is actually the origin point of it. But it felt so cliched yeah. to the point where it was, I thought, a very predictable plot. Kind of like kind of seen it all sort of thing and then also at the same time felt like okay well this was just kind of an origin story or a setup for john clark for more yeah yeah um kind of instantly forgot it mm -hmm. is guy pierce in this movie who's the who's the guy the, the bad guy there is the guy Pierce is the guy. Guy yeah. Pierce is yeah. okay. So much so to the point where I was like, was he the bad guy in that, or am I, am I conflating Mare of Easttown? Yeah, I was like no, I know I've seen Guy Pierce in something yeah. recently, but to because the point they where make I was you think like, it's going to be the CIA. No, woman, as soon as they show not. him to you, and I was just like, bad guy. Oh, okay, bad he guy. did. He did it. By the way, and it's like when Brett Gelman shows up before at the end of the second act instead of, you know, the late third. I was like, all right. This is bigger than you anticipated. I don't it just. I don't think the original it, plot was like, oh, it's, it's this whole thing about like we have to give them a war because I, it's not that because I believe that book was written during, if not right after the I'm, fall. I did listen to one interview with the director, and he definitely said like they updated it. Yeah, in terms of like. Because the woman, the, players. The, the, the name, the name of that woman, that is a, that is a uh, prostitute that he, that he helps out. That's a friend of his that does get killed and he looks okay. into it for whatever reason. I just. Because you know that's Willem Dafoe, right? Who? You remember Clear and Present Danger and Patriot right. Games? That's Willem Dafoe's character, John Clark. Okay. And when, okay. And the okay. events of of clear and present danger he goes down to like free the soldiers that essentially is where he meets domingo chavez and they be they decide what if we had what if we really did have a international terrorist swat team response and that becomes I, rainbow six i saw a lot of like this would feel right at home in the 90s but i was like i wanted to if that was the way this was going to go i wanted to enjoy that vibe of it more mm -hmm. um speaking of movies that could have come out in the 90s but did work at least a bit more for me which i think you also watched 
over on HBO Max, we got another Warner Brothers release. Yes. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that in a minute. Okay. Well, I mean, if you have more on Without Remorse, no, by all I just, means. I, I, just I enjoyed Without Remorse one from Mike B. Jordan. Yeah, I didn't but really when get I, your take on it. I'm sorry. When I, I, I thought the script was weak. Right. And I thought... I thought it was one of those cases for me personally where even as much as I like Michael B. Jordan, they didn't give him anything compelling enough for me to play that like hooked me into it. It just felt very like he was doing exactly what the script required, but like it wasn't an issue of him not getting me there. It was just like the source material. there's just nothing to this character, this plot. I just like I, I'm, I had a real, real trouble just investing in it as a baseline. So then when... And I, I thought it was a little lackluster in the action department, to be completely honest. Yeah. Uh, which was also a disappointment. Because I think the trailer promised more of a straight-up revenge story vibe. And I don't think that's really the movie we got at all. I think if you take the dis, dis misdirection of, like, the guy in the CIA, the the younger guy that I know his face, he's been in a bunch of stuff. You take that angle out of it to be like, is it him? Is he double crossing us? And you literally just Jamie Bell, right? Right, yeah. If you, I think Jumper's the last big movie I remember seeing him in. If not something else, something he's, in between, I can't take, tell you the name of it. Um, but like, I looked at this as like, okay, he this is what you're ten for God's sakes. What I said he was ten ten for God's sakes. Oh, I don't know if that is Spielberg. Oh, ten. Oh, yeah. Very underrated. Yeah. Okay. Very underseen. Um, Great movie. But my, what I'm thinking, what I was thinking when I realized what this was, was like, whether you go forward and you give me like a series with him to flesh out like who this new person is, or you do another movie, if you will give me Krasansky as Jack Ryan, I'm on board. Like if you can tie that in. Because you have your Amazon I mean, I think show that's potentially. That's, yeah, if that's, that's what you're looking at, taking. I don't They're mind to build this. out a whole universe. My only question, and let's let's just get right to the meat of the problem. Yeah, the real issue at hand. When are we going to make Splinter Cell before Michael Ironside croaks, dude? Uh, yeah. Digital de aging, let him do the voice, and give us that. Give us a Splinter Cell movie. Just give us Ray Park, and because you know the face will be covered, Ray Park can do all the action, and then. You forget that, like, Ray Park is, like, what, like, 60? <laughs> he is. That's right, dude. In Probably my mind, he's like, always 30 years old. Right. And those behind-the-scene yeah, footage from like, Man of Menace. Exactly. That's, like, 96, I know. Dude. That's it's just like, in my head. He's an old man now. Yeah. I don't even know if he does shit anymore. You never know. Maybe. But he'd be perfect to, for Sam Fisher. Sam Fisher's old. He's already out of the game when you get to him in the first video game. I'm just saying. I would. I always, even even in the games at the time when they came out, I was just like... Dude, Michael Ironside could still do it, dude. If he like yeah. really committed and got in the shape for it, he could do this live action. Yeah, he could. But now with the technology, I'm telling you, just digital de aging. It doesn't matter who the hell it is. Um, deep fake, baby. Yeah, just, all day long. Just just deep fake it. You can even make it look like the video game character, but just make sure that Michael Ironside records that audio. He didn't like pass away recently. I don't think so. I, don't as long as I know he's that, still kicking. But hell yeah, yeah. One of the greats. Oh yeah. One of the absolute greats. Okay. Yeah. Those who wish me dead. Yeah, shall we? Um, not a ton of thoughts on it. It's the new Taylor Sheridan movie. It's available on HBO Max, I think, for like fifteen more days, probably if you haven't watched it already. Um, it's about fire jumpers. You know, or what? Are, what are they called? Yeah, Air they're jump- fire jumpers, but like that's not what it's about. <clears throat> well, I'm, I was about to get to it. It's set in the world of fire jumping. You would concede me that, right? 
Yeah. Okay. I, it's set in the woods. It is set in the woods. There is some fire. Would you yes. agree? Would right. you Will you grant me that? Yes. Okay. There is a fire. Uh, we didn't start this, the fire. This is... <laughs> Jesus it Christ. It was always burning. This is very much a 90s throwback. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a thriller. Uh, Angelina Jolie is a, a distraught fire jumper who... I read the I read the wind wrong. Yeah, I read it wrong. Mm-hmm. And they remind us of that several times. But she read the wind wrong in a clutch situation, and half of her team got burnt up. And some children. Spoiler alert: including some kids. They don't reveal that to you until later. But yeah. you know. Anyways, she's traumatized, but she's still good. She's a thrill seeker. She's doing shit like jumping out of the back of trucks and giving old John Bernthal all sorts of problems. John, Johnny Johnny Beans, man. I, I I mean, he really took the cake and made this entire movie, I'll be honest. He did, but he I'm really also sa- like, He really dude, saved the day in more ways dude, than Dude, what are you, like, he's just such a badass, man. So, like, when he takes it down a level, I'm excited and I love it, but I'm also like, bruh, do you, have you watched The Punisher season two? <laughs> you know what you can do, son? Like, where is that at? Because the man's an actor. He, he likes is. To I know he's an actor. Characters. Yes, I know. He's, Anyways, he's brilliant in this movie. One of you the know who highlights. Else is a highlight. His wife in the movie. Fantastic. Is fucking, Never seen her in anything. Me neither. I don't think. As far as I, I know, I haven't. Uh, I would be really upset if she was in Black Panther as one of the other prominent Domalaje, but we didn't realize that. I don't know. A second. But like, she Those. was she was dope and pregnant the entire time. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Holt. Didn't really understand what the hell he was doing in here. Didn't even but, recognize you know, him. Had to, cool. Quick question. Um, it's not him in the opening. Well, what do you mean? The the other guy, the, uh, what's his face? Aiden G- Gillen. Little Game Finger. of Thrones. Yeah, Littlefinger, Aiden Gillen. Yeah, he kills the other dude that got blood on his outfit and then replaces him Nick Holt with Nick Holt, right? Nick Holt isn't in the opening of that, right? I honestly don't remember, man. See, I thought the guy that was in the opening with him was a little bit more Hispanic, and he was like, you got blood on you. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. And like, it was like just that mess up of like, hey, you did get some blood on you. I can't take a chance. I got to murder you, and then I'm replacing you with another dude. Because they get to the house they're looking for, and it's Nicholas Holt. And I'm like, that wasn't you last scene. So I don't, I don't, I need to go back and watch it just to confirm and see what happens. But that scene. But, I don't think that was like a major plot point, even if you did miss it. Anyways. There's but a, it explains everything without ex- having to say anything. If him being like, you got a little bit of blood on you, and he's like, oh, I'm, you know, it's okay. Right, yeah, he's a liability. He's I got a liability. That, but yeah. I didn't get that he, that was his partner, and he then replaced him with Nicholas Holt. I didn't get all of that. Anyway. I just meant like he killed him, and then Nick Holt came along. That's all. Okay. Anybody who hasn't watched this has no idea what yeah, that's exactly. about. Anyways, um, Angelina Jolie has to save a kid who's father has been murdered and is on the run from some guys who wish him dead right they are those who wish him dead and there's some hijinks in the woods and john berthal's a pretty pretty badass character in it as is his wife as we mentioned it was nice seeing angelina jolie in the lead again she's still to me she could she can hold down a movie man mm-hmm. she's still really good i enjoyed yeah. her in it but it a hundred percent felt like a straight up 90s actioner just yep. like get in and out it's not really about anything nope um it's just got some like pretty decent action set pieces keeps the tempo up most of the time i thought the kid did Um, really good i thought yeah kid was really solid absolutely um i did just (laughs) because of movies like this dude the mcguffin bullshit really did piss me off yeah no definitely like thoroughly pissed me off Mm -hmm, to the point where i was like you're going out of your way 
not to explain what it is and be vague about it. So you're setting up the, and you, you keep having this thing of like, anybody who knows what it is, like she read that paper. What did that paper say? What kind of secrets are you hiding, kid? And the way she reads that and responds to it is just like, the implication is you're going to reveal this and it's going to be so mind-blowing, like what it actually is, what was at stake, that like, it's going to redefine the movie for me. And it's, I'm going to be like, holy shit, hats off. And I'm like, they really should wish I'm her like, dead. Taylor Sheridan, I know you're like cranking these out now, dude. I know you're like one of the biggest like TV creators with fucking Yellowstone. And you got spinoff series and like you're hitting a big in movies. Great for you, dude. But I, you I've are enjoyed, not Tarantino enjoyed, and you cannot do I've that I've enjoyed to most of your stuff so far, but what a cheap screenwriting ploy, dude. You like wrote yourself into a corner and then literally just gave yourself a free pass of like, I just never paid it off in the end. Mm-hmm. What the thing actually was as if like, Oh, it really didn't matter. And I'm like, if it didn't fucking matter, make it anything and just go from there. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. The it's McGuffin enough that a, it's enough off. to blow up a DA's house and then go after the forensic accountant. That's what I'm saying. It's across like, the fucking he wants country, you to do all the work of like, oh my god, what could this be? But it's like, but again, the implications are this is like some wild piece of information. So much it's so Hillary's emails, gonna, isn't it? It's Hillary's emails. Dude, you that's hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah, the nail on the head. It's that, or it's the <laughs> conversation with Trump and the Russians. That's what it has to be. That's the P tape. Yeah, it's the P that tape. What that's is? what it is. Um. Tyler Perry was also in this movie? Yeah. For one scene? Randomly. Um, like. I mean, sometimes you gotta get a little Perry, man. Well, I mean, they shot I, it in Atlanta. To be clear, I think he is great in uh, Gone Girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude. I'm saying, like. Yeah. I never watched that Alex Cross movie, his version, but. I. I, I like him as an actor. I do, yeah. I just want to put that out there. Because, I, I mean, that's a... he's actually pretty good. That's the difference. Like, you say, look at Tom Cruise, he's a movie star. Look at Tyler Perry. He's an actor. Theater, thespian. That's a, that. You give him anything, he'll make it gold. He'll make it sing. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make it do what it do, baby. I just say that or, because, or that, real quick, you know, a new one of mine that. that you've seen forever ago. I actually watched Ray on um, vacation. Never seen it before. It was randomly on one night. I was like, oh, shit. Did you not go to the theater with me no, and mom and dad? No, I went. And I thought that was a family affair. It was not a family affair. I saw a Sly Stone. It was not. I, it didn't happen. Never seen it before. I was amazed. He didn't sing any of that, I get, but like, I was amazed. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> That's probably the first time Ray's been brought up. Well, maybe since our Manhunters episode. I was going mean, to say, on a I podcast ever. Uh, maybe we should like. Recent we, history. But yeah. Should, yeah, or I can make you watch it for two by two. I'm just thinking out here because, as we said before we started, neither of us know what we're gonna pick. So. I I don't know. I have post Dewey Cox. I have not revisited Ray or Walk the Line. Right. To be quite honest with you, I just I haven't found it in myself to be able to do it because I don't feel like I can watch them the same ever again. I visited Walk uh, the Line after that. I all feel time like because I I, love I feel Walk like the, the cliches would just like. All of the stuff I'm supposed to just like, just go with the flow of the traditional biopic stuff. I feel like I would be laughing because that's how I responded to Bohemian Rhapsody, dude. I was just yeah. like, "This is garbage." Yeah, where's his, his where's his tearing out the sink scene? Why isn't he do? Why isn't Freddie doing that in his new house? Oh god. Okay, that's what I will say about Rocket Man because Rocket Man has the musical element to it and him singing. That's why I could never take it to the the level of like this is a you know Dewey Cox whatever because. There was actually like an actor singing along to these songs and like how they fit musically 
and the spectacle of it. That's why I never got, that's why I really enjoyed that one. But you're right, Bohemian Rhapsody, you can get there pretty quickly as, you know, if you've seen Dewey Cox, you've seen all music biopics, essentially, if you wanted to say that. Very true. Okay. I've got some old ones that are new for me, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep it current. Mm -hmm. Watch this one a few days ago. We were just, you know, we just talked about Without Remorse. Kind of throwbacky, brings a lot of genres together. Empty Man brings a lot of subgenres together, does it well. Uh huh. Those Who Wish Me Dead, kind of a 90s throwback. Did you watch Riders of Justice? No. Okay. I did give you a heads up, so yes. I don't want to hear any bullshit when you do finally watch it and kick yourself. Is it another like, Long Good Friday situation? No. I'm going to love it. I do think you're going to love it. It's not a Long Good Friday. This is a current, this is new release. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mads Mikkelsen is the lead. And I just like, I had seen ads for this one. I saw the poster and I was like, it's Mads, dude. I loved another round. He was my favorite performance of last year. I'm just in. I'll, I'll watch whatever he does. And he's headlining this one. Okay. So it's Danish. And it's essentially like a deconstructionist revenge movie. Uh-huh. That's all I really want to tell you about it because I really want you to watch it so we can discuss. But basically, he's a soldier. He's called home urgently because his wife dies in a train explosion accident, mm-hmm. which may not actually be an accident. So that's your setup. Okay. But. It is not the movie that you expect based on the poster and even the trailer. Kind of. The trailer hints at, like, it's got a different vibe. But, yeah, it's a, it's the kind of movie that could only cut, like, Only the Danes can make? What's that? Only the Danes can make? Well, absolutely, and as much as, like, the tonal shifts in this and the way it navigates it is kind of masterful. Like, you've never really seen anything like this because... It is like simultaneously like slapsticky and also dark as hell, and hmm. it, but it it all fits together. It all feels of a piece. It doesn't like, it's not jarring. It is jarring probably to an American audience, but probably not as jarring to Danes in general. I would imagine, but <laughs> I think you will dig it. I don't want to say too much more about it, but Writers of Justice. It's currently available on VOD. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll make sure to check that one out. We'll do you, see. Go ahead. Do you want a new one of mine? Uh, please do. Go for it. Uh, Greenland. Did you watch Greenland? That the Matt Damon? That was the Green Zone. That was about no, Iraq no, no, no. back in the I'm day. I'm thinking, I'm conflating Green Zone and Promised Land uh-huh. with uh, Matt Damon. Okay. Into Greenland. What is Green? Why do I I know the title? Who is in Green? Wait, it's a it's a Jerry Butler movie. It is. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Mom watched it. I too. think I was conflating like the title text also with yeah. something that's on a Damon poster. But yeah. yeah. Okay. What what was this one about? There's a giant asteroid that is coming to Earth that they think is like it's a comet. It'll be fine. I think I saw this movie. And like, I think Bruce Je- Willis was <laughs> Jerry Butler. Maybe Ben Affleck. Definitely well, Will Patton. Definitely the government knows what's going on, and they send people that Keith they think David? they're... David? David Keith? 
Um, I'm sorry. I'll stop. I think Steve Buscemi was in it somewhere too, <laughs> and maybe Michael Clark Duncan. Okay, Scott Glenn. I is definitely in, know Scott Glenn is in this movie. Right, Scott Glenn is in this movie. Scott Glenn was on. Owen oh, Wilson is in the, the other time. one you're talking okay. about. Yeah, Scott Glenn looked like he walked off the set what? of Leftovers and was in this movie. I mean, that's been the last like few years of his career. Is yeah. I just walked off the third season of Leftovers, yeah. and this is what I look yeah. like, and fucking deal with it. Yeah. Uh, Have we talked about his podcast thing? We've talked about that on, on, on yes. before. And like his whole thing with his wife and converting. That was like the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Yes. Um, but anyway, the government knows that like, even though they're telling everybody it's going to be a beautiful show, that like shit's fucked. And it's basically this man and his woman, his wife and child, they, they're dealing with problems in their marriage. And... They have to. Well, it wouldn't be Gerard Butler if he was. It wouldn't. It would. It, he could essentially be Big Nick, but he's not. He's a like a building contractor, and they're like, oh, he did some government work for us. We may have to rebuild infrastructure. Let's get this guy a pass you to know, get. No, in Greenland, did he come there for the ass? <laughs> did he, Evan? Bro, bro, we got family here. We appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate you. No, but like basically, it's him. It the the woman is. I can't think of her name. I just call her. Um, Vanessa because of Deadpool but she plays his wife um, and it's basically the two of them trying to get to the safe zone in Greenland where they set up these underground bunkers because it's essentially there is going to be a, a planet change like, a, a so world it's a disaster movie it's no there's rarely any disaster shown it's in it it's a pre it's a it's more deep impact it's a humanized Less Armageddon yes It'd be like Deep Impact if you didn't but know when, that one was going to hit. when does Olympus fall? After <laughs> they get to the bunker, I think. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. I know you like him. I'm probably not going to watch this. I think it ta- they have just to travel being, over. Just being honest with you. They have to know what, They have to travel at least 300 miles, okay? <laughs> I know that much, all right? That was the best one. Let's <laughs> end on that. It. But yeah, no, it's... it's uh, and I would walk <laughs> 300 <laughs> miles. Yeah. I was trying to keep it going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. P.S. I love you. Um. <laughs> all right, we did one too many. Yep. I did one too many, and then you did one too many more. Right. This movie's a real rock and roller, no? What can I say? Um, it's... <laughs> It's good. You should watch it. No more Jerry Butler puns for the rest of the episode. Okay. All right. I got it. I don't even think I know one of the movie of his. Anyway, mom did watch it and she cried. Okay. Thinking about like the, what the, uh, she, her and I both have gone off about how like, I don't think you have it, but her and I have the ability that like, if given enough time, we will drive ourselves mentally insane the likes of which lovecraft has never written if we think about the infinite possibilities of what led us one to the moment we're at right now but then thinking about the infinite possibilities of the smallest thing that could happen in the future that's the thing i share that i got from my mom allowing myself i have to do podcasts like this and drive back and forth because if i don't i will sit by myself and make myself crazy over things that I cannot control. And I know I can't control them, but I let my mind do it. It's a weird thing. I don't think you have that. You have like the Dennis body, but the Blanchard headspace. Whereas I have like the Blanchard body, but the Dennis headspace. It's really weird. Anyway, okay. Greenland. I'm going to marinate on that for yeah. a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, one we both saw, and we both liked, that seemingly nobody else did. Let's talk about Army of the Dead oh, on dude. Netflix. 
I watched it the night it came out at the beach. I was ecstatic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I do. I I read a lot of negative reviews. I've seen people having issues with like dead pixels in their TV and complaining about like the like the camera lenses and stuff. I'm like, I didn't get any of that at all. So I I can't speak on it. When I say watch to the judging the the. Go ahead. I watched it on the giant 70-inch TV out front, not the little TV in yeah. like the, the room I stayed in. And I enjoyed having to tell everybody the next the next day, oh, you know that pilot? That pilot was never on set. They, she never then, even met Dave I Bautista. Saw, I saw some articles that were like, oh, it's so obvious that she's mm-hmm. like, and I was like, I saw just as You're many articles that were like, it's flawlessly integrated, and that's how I felt. I People were all over the map. I feel like some people had their guns out this after... After Snyder Cut. This movie is the, this dress is blue, this dress is gold of, of movies when it comes to that. 100%. Because, it seems like most people are on the negative side, but it right. does have its defenders. And I guess I would be one because I had a blast with it. Hell yeah. It, this was not quite like, oh, he totally returned to his roots and it's Dawn of the Dead all over again. No, this is, but he saw was, Zombieland and thought, I could do that. Yeah. And I could do it with a little more gravitas and like play it more you know all my stuff is pretty self-serious but still allow for some of the dawn of the dead um james gunn comedy uh-huh to creep in there even though he had nothing to do with this one but yeah the way they treat theo rossi i was like oh this is yes he's an asshole but all oh, this poor oh, guy i mean he's a piece of shit yeah he's so terrible um anyways so we both dug it I know it's like one of the most watched movies in Netflix, so yeah. we're going to talk about it for a little bit. We could save it for October if you want to get deep we into it. We can as well. All I wanted to say, though, the main thing I texted you and the main takeaway for me, Bautista's just a fucking... Dave Bautista's just a movie star, dude. Chris Grant's been saying that for years, dude. I think Bautista's he, a real deal. I think he's, at this point, one of the best like athletes turned actors we've ever had, and I think... He has the potential to go so many more places than The Rock has because we have talked on other podcasts about how we got this one. And I said to you, I said, now all we have to do is write him his Southland Tales because that is the one thing I would say. The Rock has over him. That he has over him because even though nobody talks about it, it's a brilliant performance. It shows you like he could have had a completely different career Mm -hmm. if he did not get into this movie star mode of like, I've got to have this like controlled image and I only want to be seen in a certain way. And, like, basically curating his movie star persona in the same way you would curate being a wrestler. Right. As opposed to Bautista, who has just been like, I'm just going to play characters. And, like, I'm going to serve the movie and the role mm-hmm. instead of making the movie and the role serve me. And did all you, shape around, like, how I want to be seen. Did you I just see feel like the, the rock, Stuber, like, Stuber with him and... Um, I have not, but oh, I've dude, actually... Oh, dude, you're going to fucking love it. I was, I was gonna say, you just are going to fucking love it. in the last, like, week or two, I've heard multiple people who, you I guess, finally caught up with it, it on Prime. And are just, I watched like, it a long time really ago good. when it finally became free. Hey, you're going to fucking love it. The only other one I will say that I didn't expect, that the, the one that actually cued me into, like, this guy knows what's up. He knows what time it is. I think it's Bushwick is the name of it. But it's essentially, like... Um, you talked about this one yeah, in previous Brittany, episode. Brittany Snow is yeah. like, she's coming home one day in New Jersey, and all of a sudden it's like, it's almost like the uh, uprising of like the right Gilead, Handmaid's Tale vibe dudes, but it's basically a third civil war is starting and breaking out uh-huh. with far right people, and Batista just happens to be an ex-soldier caught up in it who like, was like, you can come with me or you can not, I don't care, I'm getting out of here, like this is where I'm going, and it's really small, but like 
has a big fucking grand idea behind it. And you're like, how the fuck did this get pulled off with this money? And why did this not make a big wide release? Cause it is, I would call it an indie that I'm allowed to like. And, um, I, that's when I was like this fucking guy, dude, like, yeah. Okay. The wrestling thing, Drax, all this stuff. The fact that he was, he's come out and said, like, I think after guardians, I'm kind of going to, I'm going to be done because they've kind of limited me on what I can do with Drax. Do you think Dwayne The Rock Johnson would say that about any other role he's been in? Oh, they want me to do this next one? I'll be there. Here's my fee. Right. You, you guaranteed you can take it to the bank. It'll make over $500 million. Call me. I'll see when I can fit it in. Right. But Batista, I think I'm going to take a step back. There's not much for me to do with that character. I'm going to focus on other things. I'm not saying I'm leaving forever, but with what y'all have done so far with Drax and what is being done you know for the third and final one essentially i don't know what else i can do with it that is the difference that is an actor i'm just saying I over could, a movie star i don't think i'll ever see dwayne the rock johnson in a denny villeneuve movie <laughs> like that's no. not gonna happen no whereas bautista did not seem out of place at all in blade runner 2049 he slipped right in there mm-hmm. and played a character and was fantastic uh what was a uh, uh what was the one after skyfall I, uh, Spectre. Spectre. Which, again, not a great movie, but he was actually a highlight in. Yeah. He was yeah. like a new Jaws, essentially. He was good. Yeah. He was good. Um, I Art- wanted, I, Hotel Artemis? My only disappointment there was they didn't do enough with him in that. Right. One of my many disappointments with Spectre, they completely misused yeah. him. Right. But he was good in what he was allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, we both dug Army of the Dead. Yeah. Love it. Garrett Dillahunt getting torn apart by that tiger is one of the wildest things I've seen in a while. Very satisfying as an owner of three cats to see that. It had enough, like, you know what? There's still some juice in this genre, man. Where it's just like, there's still every... Just when you think they they haven't done quite enough with them and they've done every variation. I was like, dude, the whole... Zombie King and Queen? The whole, like, more fantasy aspect to some of that with, like the world as it exists within their little community and everything. I was just like, dude, I, yeah, this whole aesthetic being married together totally works for me. Yeah. I, I dug it. It's a, some of it is definitely maybe a little too hat on a hat. It's big. It's bloated. Arguably. I see people's criticism of that, but I, I did take one little break about an hour and a half into it mm-hmm. before I watched the final hour. Um, as I did with, uh, Snyder cut, obviously, I took yeah. a break in there, but it net, you know, it wasn't because I was like, oh, I, you know, I'm bored by this. I w- I'm going to come back to it. It's literally just like I'm going to take like a, a ten minute break, yeah. and then I'll dive back in. And I thought it was pretty breathlessly paced, mm-hmm. even though it is on the long side. Yeah, that opening montage is killer. Oh, I, dude, I know some people are just like the rest of the movie doesn't quite live up to it, and it's like it doesn't have to. It's like. I agree with you, but I would also say that about Watchmen as well. Yeah. And that's not a total criticism because I like that movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I also would say the same thing about Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead has one of the best opening sequences of any horror movie ever. And it like, does never quite get back to and it. And it's yeah. a remake. And yeah, the rest of the movie never quite lives up to it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> like at mm-hmm. the same time. You're speaking so, of Dawn of the Dead. We forgot to mention it's it's really relevant at this point. Those who wish me dead, the dad that's like on the run was the lead guy. Oh yeah, Jake Weber. That's his name. Yeah. 
I can never think of his name. I just like, oh, the guy from Dawn of the Dead. Because Medium. what? Medium. Yeah. Patricia Medium. That's right. Medium. I forget it's yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I fucking loved Army of the Dead. I you you could give me another one of those. I and honestly, dude, I think I he, was kind of upset because I was like, wait a minute, is this like Ash versus Evil Dead? Like, we're getting Snyder's making remaking Army of the Army of the Dead, Army like, of Darkness, Army of Darkness. That's what I keep thinking every time I read Army of the Dead. I'm like, is he re- remaking Army? Oh no, wait, that's Army of the Dead. Never mind. Is he? But regardless, you could give me. I would anywhere. That's the, I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. That, to me, it hit every stupid trope. Like, we're talking, I was talking with people, we were watching it, because it was one of those, like, you can talk to people about what it's doing with the genre while you're watching it, and it doesn't matter because you don't really lose anything. Oh, absolutely. You gain so much more. No, this I, that's the other thing. I was kind of, I mean, I think it was just more than anything. It wasn't in that many screens. And people are still a little reticent to go to the theaters. I think this past weekend with A Quiet Place, like, people, I I think we might see a trend going forward. bigger and bigger crowds. Yeah. But this kind of, they did an early release of this before mm-hmm. it premiered on Netflix. And I don't know if it was because people were like, well, it's going to be on Netflix in like 10 days anyway. So why right. don't I just wait? But it didn't really do much theatrically. Right. But I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, in normal times with a full crowd, this movie would be such a blast to go see. Mm-hmm in a big theater with people like screaming at the screen the whole time because and it would totally you, like if you did this it. if you did the same thing and didn't tell them that it was going to come to netflix in a regular time like let's say your deal was always it's going to be on netflix but you didn't tell okay. anybody that yeah and you were like only in theaters the biggest complaint would be well damn i spent fucking 20 bucks when i could have waited two weeks that would have been the only complaint because people would have had that right i argue i bet you anybody who wrote a negative review? They watched it by themselves in their house, the where, where they've been for months. And instead, if it warrants a group viewing because it is that wild and crazy that like the person who doesn't love zombies gets something out of it, the person who is like so into zombies they can't like it because it's like, well, this isn't what would really happen. What is this? There's a king and queen. Oh, they know to put something over their head. This is what are they evolving? This is stupid. Like. You would have that aspect of it. Right. But if you have people who just love fucking Las Vegas, there's something in there for them. Right. The show and the town itself. There's something in there for them. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's the perfect premise. I, you can give me a thousand of these movies where something happens, this city is now I, connexed off, the, and we have to go in there and come I back out. I like just the actual setup. Oh, of yeah. Like, because when you hear zombie heist movie, yeah. you're like, How's that gonna work? Right. Like why why would they be doing a heist? Was the dude that was um, cracking the safe in anything else? I looked around and he has been in a few things. Nothing that like stood out to me, but Dieter, yes, was a huge yeah. huge standout. I thought he was fantastic. To the point that when old boy got out because he I threw him in the vault, more, I was like I wanted more out of their little Yeah b- buddy cop sort of thing going on. I, I I wanted a few more scenes of that, honestly. And I was really bummed when they kind of unceremoniously got rid of one of them i won't say which one right um yeah i had a huge i had a fun time with it and i think given how well it did i think he's gonna his home is gonna be netflix for a bit i, I would think hope they're so. just gonna give him carte blanche to do they're gonna give him Kate blanchett with the budget and let him do whatever might as well do. yeah okay all right what you got you got you with one I, uh, well, I don't know how one. I don't know how it's new how new it is. Did you watch Big Time Adolescence? 
I did not. That's uh, Pete Davidson. Another Pete Davidson. Over on Hulu. Yeah. I've seen the tab come up for it. Yeah. I have not checked it out. I liked it. Did you like it as much as King of Staten Island? It's no King of Staten Island, but okay. it gets close in some points. It doesn't right. have the emotional hook of King of Staten Island in terms of like, you know, knowing what it's about and what it means to him. Uh-huh. But it's like simultaneously, I'm like, oh, I know <clears throat> that dude he's playing. But I also know that kid that he like takes under his wing because like I've never it's never been like a oh you was being an older brother it's never going to be like and the fact that we don't have a sister uh, oh my you know my sister's boyfriend and I'm hanging out with him but I the the essence it captures in the opening credits and like explaining you what it is of like this guy was really cool he mm-hmm. accepted me blah 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 blah. It hit every note of like, that's what high school was for me. Someone older than me and a couple grades ahead of me, not shitting on me and being like, hey, come hang out, man. Come ride around. Come talk. Come sit in this parking lot and chill with us. Like, it hit that weird vibe of like, there's something here in that aspect. Everything else that it does, there's comedy in it. There's the whole element of like, you know, the guy going nowhere and like, you know, is he going to actually change? The whole idea of like, you know, you're just, endlessly spinning your wheels failure to launch type whatever but it was enough that like it was funny the comedy was genuinely funny but it still didn't hit that whole thing of like me knowing what king of staten island was for him and to him that that's why it always to me will outpace it but i still thought big time adolescence was really good and i would recommend it to anybody who likes pete davison or just likes like coming of of age coming of age movies right okay trying to think what else have i got here oh i got a new one for me but it's not new for you okay i watched tenet oh, okay i rewatched tenet twice since mm-hmm. it's been on hbo max yeah a movie that i didn't even really like that much when i saw it in theaters but i've rewatched it twice yeah uh what'd you think loved it i figured as much i'm not surprised you loved it out of the gate not even not it has nothing to do with the story okay same reason I love 1917. It's the the making the sausage of it. Like, right. how you get, like, how you shoot, how in your mind, with everything we know of how things are supposed to work, in terms of, here's camera, here's action, shoot it. Yeah, how do you choreograph how do some you, of that stuff? How do you make it so that, like, what you just did, you get in reverse? The logic of it... I can take it or leave it. The whole, this is you going one way, a reverse polarity, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I could deal with that. I don't care. The Wait, I talked, go ahead. talked about this at the time when I first saw it, but I was comparing it to Possessor right. and also subsequently Synchronic movies that don't over-explain what the fuck they're about. Right. Whereas Tenet just constantly screams at you what it's about. And is like trying to help you understand it, but that at the he same was the time, all along, yeah. at the same time, it's so impenetrable that you're just kind of like, dude, just shut the fuck up. That that's my that was my sticking point, and still kind of is, which is like the movie, movie tells you, oh, don't don't think about it, just feel it, you know, just mm-hmm. vibe with this movie, and then proceeds to spend an hour and a half of its runtime telling you what is going on instead of truly letting you feel it and just vibe with the movie. 
And that's kind of my, even in rewatching it twice, and I love some of the visual set pieces, yeah. and I love that, like, again, when I saw it in the theater, too, there I was like, there's stuff I've seen in that movie that I've never, see, never seen anybody pull off. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Just like, this is why do you go to the movies. And then I still couldn't help but feel kind of deflated by the fact that, like, yeah, dude, but you just can't, like, get out of your own way with some of your worst storytelling instincts, which is, like, he so desperately wants you to get why it's cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He wants to, like, explain to you why it's so badass instead of just letting it be badass. And That's that was... where the whole, like, thinking man's Michael Bay thing comes in, where it's, like, it's kind of what I love about Michael Bay is he kind of just turns his brain off and just fucking goes on instinct. And I feel like Nolan can never fully just shut his fucking brain off. That's the British in him. That's the difference. I know. They're always but thinking. I just, someone's always after. I'm him. like, dude, let somebody else like doctor some of these scripts. If you if you insist on having so much exposition, can at least be a little more fun. There's some there's some light laughs. The chemistry between John David Washington oh and Robert God, Pattinson dude. is electric. Yeah, it's incredible. That I can feel. The Elizabeth Debicki subplot and the Kenneth Branagh of it all. I love Kenneth Branagh hamming it the fuck up. Oh, yeah, of course. Tons of fun. But the whole, like, our ground level experience for, like, we're telling you this, the fate of the world is at hand in this movie. But the way we're going to thematically deal with that is through the eyes of this one woman and her child who we see in one scene. Mm -hmm. It just... Again, we've been talking about cliches and stuff that doesn't work. And I'm just like, in rewatching it, I did appreciate her performance more right. than I did initially. I think Elizabeth Debicki's really good in it. But, and even the trajectory of that character, I appreciated more on a second watch. But I still just, I don't know. And it's not, it's not something I require of everything. But we've talked about this a lot in relation to superhero movies, but you have these grand stakes and it's supposed to be the fate of the world or whatever, but you lose sight of what you're actually saving mm-hmm. or what you're preventing. And it's like, it's so disconnected from any kind of like actual reality or lived experience that we're having that it's like, okay, well I, my suspension of disbelief is just buying that. Like, okay, the world is at stake, even though I really shouldn't be buying into this shit. There's a little bit of that where I feel like he tries to bring in all of the human element and like some of the motivation for the protagonist um, all centered around her. And I was just like, I I think that's like the weakest element and the whole backstory with her and her husband and et cetera. Yeah. Uh, the set pieces, though, and again, the two of them as buds, like that's why he I would love for him to sequelize his own work. Right. And I don't feel like he would do this one because of how it was received. But I would love the movie that is Pattinson and John David Washington just doing cool shit together for two hours. And you don't really have to tell me, like, they're buds and it's just, it's a buddy cop sort of thing. Buddy cop in reverse inside of a dream in an airplane. Exactly. Yeah. Like Inception, Memento, all rolled in one. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, I hope it's on HBO Max for a long time because in the same way that like I would throw on Miami Vice, for instance, uh-huh. or Inherent Vice, for instance, and just have something on in the background that I just love and vibe with and I can dip in and out of that I've seen before, 
this has been one of my go-tos recently where it's like if I just want to sit and draw for a little bit or something, I just fucking throw Tenet on in the background just to look at it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. No, I mean, it came on It came on a couple <coughs> times down there to the point that, I mean, I just watched it, so I was like, ah, okay, I know where this is. I know where the scene is and all that. But, I mean, I appreciate the, you know, the what it the the time of it and like forward backwards and like the two armies one going in reverse one going in you know proper order that's i mean visually makes no sense whatsoever but when you watch it you're like okay what you can't i you can't understand the idea that people are going forward and backwards at the same time i can understand that i don't think it's particularly visually compelling in that final sequence i think that final sequence is very chaotic and not well staged personally well, it's because Kickass comes in out of nowhere. He's leading the team. I mean, what a late addition! I would love honest. that dude that he, that he was an SAS guy, like just leading. It's like Tom Hardy showing up in Inception. And then again, the three of them talking in the wrap up. It's like, dude, this is the movie. But don't you, Chris? Don't you get that this is the movie? Is these three dudes? What is with all this Kenneth Branagh and Elizabeth Vicky shit? It should have been these three. Time reversing inverted crazy wild men who gotta save the world. And like we just we don't fully understand how it works, but we just go with it. I don't need you to explain entropy to me for fifteen minutes. I don't need it. Yeah. And even though a lot of that shit is yada yada, it's just like dude, I would much rather like love to have more just like witty banter between Neil and the protagonist. Yeah, no, I'm can't wait for Batman now. But again, I, I said this at the time, and I said it last year over and over again. Not crazy about it. Didn't live up to the hype. Totally rewatchable. Yeah. Like, that's every Nolan movie, though. Yeah. Even the ones that don't hit, it's like, I'm still going to watch them like 10 or 15 times. He's a fantastic filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I not? But, yeah, dude. Yeah. I was shocked how excited I was. As soon as it popped up and I saw it was on HBO Max, I immediately was just like, Oh, yeah, I'm definitely down to watch this again, like, right now. And I watched it, I rewatched it the first time over the course of multiple nights. Mm-hmm. And then I rewatched it because The Ringer, uh, the uh, Big Picture podcast, they did a commentary track for all two hours and 40 minutes of it. Jesus. And so I went back through it again with them, and then I have since, like, just had it on in bits and pieces where I've gone back and watched, like, the freeway sequence or just, do just them, like bungee jumping into that reverse bungee jumping into the tower and everything that oh, yeah. whole thing and then coming back down great stuff all right so you finally caught tenant yeah a full year later mm-hmm. about damn time okay i think oh, that's God. pretty much in on my new new stuff i don't think I've all right anything i'm gonna hit you new. real quick with just a few that i've seen uh some of these are old, but new to me. The Visitor from 1979. Okay. Uh, John Houston, Shelley Winters. I literally watched this one because it was featured on How Did This Get Made? And it's known as like basically one of the most gonzo Italian horror movies. It's like a total mishmash, bad dubbing in parts, um, really wild, but like clearly shot with like a good visual sense of style at the same time. Uh, this one's on Tubi, I think, is where I watched it for free. Oh, yeah. I forgot uh, about Tubi. And I think it was on Shudder for a period of time, but yeah, The Visitor. I think it was, too. 
it's aliens, but it's also super. Lance Henriksen's in it. You've probably ever seen this one. Yeah. Uh, Hell in the Pacific from 19. I want to say 69 or 70. I forget. Is this part of your. Or maybe, no. Was this part of your Memorial Day tribute? It's 67. I didn't watch it on Memorial Day, but. uh, I watched Target For for reasons that will become clear later on. I I find myself lately, and I don't know why why it took me so long. I think I'm kind of a Lee Marvin fan. Really? Just a little bit. Okay. Um, he's kind of great. Yeah. Um, and so I've been I've been tracking down some stuff. This one was not available anywhere, but I had, I had heard there's a movie with Lee Marvin and Toshiro Mufune on an island together. Just the two of them. It's set during World War II. And it's a Navy man and a Japanese pilot who end up on this island together. And what's going to happen? Are they going to duke it out or are they going to become best friends? Where is it going to go? So I straight up blind bought it on Blu-ray. I was just like, I'm going to give it a whirl. Fucking good movie, dude. I really enjoy yeah. Hell in the Pacific. Interestingly, so I'm watching it. No subtitles for Toshiro Mifune. And I'm like, interesting choice. I like that because it's about, you know, how hard it would be to communicate. We don't know what they're actually saying to each other. We can only hear Lee Marvin's side of things. And like, what an interesting choice. But I was curious. I was like, but I wonder, are there subtitles? And there were. And I was like, okay, should I have had these on the whole time? Like... Did I miss a bunch of stuff? What's going on? And then come to find out, no, it was intended to be watched. His entire performance, nothing is subtitled. And I was like, dude, what a cool move for A, John Borman, the director, Deliverance, Excalibur, a bunch of other stuff. Um, But what a move for him. But also, good on Toshiro Mufune for being like, I'm going to make an American movie. I think it was actually a Japanese-American co-production. Probably. Not American, because Borman's British, if I'm not mistaken. I forget. Anyways, it was a co-production, if I'm not mistaken. But just to be like, oh yeah, in America, this is going to be released like without... Nobody will know be able to know my side or what's going on with my character. I'm going to have to basically do it all in my face and in my physical actions to tell you who this guy is. And it's just, it's two fucking great actors, like, going toe-to-toe on an island for, like, two hours. And I don't want to spoil where it goes, but it was fucking great. I really liked it. You can borrow it on Blu-ray. Yeah. I considered it for 2 by 2 but I have another one, which will be announced at, at the end of this episode. Okay. But, yeah, Hell in the Pacific. Okay. Uh, really solid. Again, you can't, unless it's, like, bootlegged on YouTube, you can't really rent it anywhere, even, on VOD. So, you, you gotta, you gotta go with the Kino Lorber Blu-ray. Uh, it's a very nice transfer. I can vouch for it. And I think it goes for about $15 on Amazon right now. If you want to check out Hell in the Pacific. Okay. So those were some older ones. And now we're getting into uh, s- stuff that might be stuff you've seen that I have recommended. Mm-hmm. But I'm not quite sure. I'm going to start further away from this. I finally watched The Father. Okay. From last year. 
To make you cry? Bald like a child. Okay. Um, incredible movie. Literally, I not that you absolutely have to, but if and when you do decide to watch it, I think you will you will be put at ease, essentially. It it does not it doesn't sting as bad. Okay. After after you watch the father, it will not sting as bad what went down at the Oscars. Because okay. holy fucking shit, Anthony Hopkins, he deserved it, man. I don't know how else to put it. Even even in the year, and I, I thought Chadwick was amazing in Ma Rainey. Even though, again, we all know Mads Mikkelsen should have been Best Actor. That's another story. But Anthony Hopkins in this movie is absolutely transcendent dude like one of his best performances ever and then the real treat though was i was i was fully convinced going into this knowing only vaguely like it's about an elderly guy struggling with dementia and his daughter like helping him through it or trying to deal with it and of course that sounds like straight up oscar bait obviously and very performance heavy which the movie is what i did not count on is the actual filmmaking aspect of how they visualize what dementia feels like mm-hmm. and how they represent it through the cinematography and the editing and that was like the next level shit of this movie where it's like he's already putting on an acting clinic so is olivia coleman all the other supporting cast but on top of it the it's the you know the theme informing the form itself and vice versa it's all you know in sync with each other and it it's great it is a tough watch like definitely got to be in the right headspace for it but it it deserved all of its accolades i i have yeah i'm glad i got to it i wish i had seen it before the oscars um i went back and adjusted my list because i had that was the final puzzle piece basically from last year it was my fourth favorite movie of last year. It cracked the top five. Okay. Incredible movie. Uh, so it is a discounted rental now. It's finally come down from the $20 range. So I think it's like 6 bucks uh, on Amazon and other services. But in all likelihood, it'll probably be streaming somewhere at some point. Probably. I would imagine Highly recommend so. you check it out. But again, fair warning. This one is... It's If you've dealt with any family members that have struggled with dementia, or more importantly, just... If you ever think about your own mortality or age, <laughs> which oh. I think is uh, every human being on the planet, it's going to be a tough watch for you. So uh, just know that going in, but it is 100% worth it in my book. Okay. Uh, great movie. That was The Father. Okay. And now we have, I believe, the first two straight up 10 out of 10s I've seen this year as far as movies are concerned one of them I told you about don't know if you watched it or both of them I told you about don't know if you watched either one of them did you happen to while I had it rented check out a little movie called The Killing of Two Lovers yeah you did Mm -hmm. and you didn't text me anything about it did you have any thoughts are you about to? Are you about to disagree with with my my glowing review? I'm about to give it. Not, was it too much for you? It was. Was it too real? Too. Are real. you struggling yeah. for the words? Uh, yeah. No, I can't. 
when I realized who the lead was, and I looked at it through the prism of like, I felt like this guy got a raw deal on a Fox show, and like he should <laughs> See, definitely be given I, another chance. So here's the deal: Clay, all that Clay Crawford is the star of this movie. I have no, I have a vague awareness of the whole lethal weapon situation on uh-huh. Fox. Okay. But I have no, even though he's been in a bunch of shit that I've actually seen him in that I realized subsequently, mm-hmm. I have no history with Clay right. Crawford. So I just straight up bought into this character. To give people a little bit of brief background before you let me know, I'm just going to give you the IMDb plot description. David, that is the aforementioned Clay Crawford, desperately tries to keep his family of six together during a separation from his wife. They both agree to see other people, but David struggles to grapple with his wife's new relationship. Right. Okay. So it is a very, very small town. Yes. In I believe they shot this in Utah, in Mormon country, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. And this guy, he's made a few other movies. I have yet to check out any of the other ones, but I am so excited to. I don't know if you remember, I had this on my most anticipated list. Yeah. Based on the trailer alone. The director is Robert, um, I'm going to go with Mach- Machoin. Machin, M A C H O I A N. Machon. I almost wanted to say Machone. Sure. But I'm not sure. Okay. Manchioni. Anyways, I will learn how to say your name, sir, because I look forward to checking out your other movies. We gave you the plot description. This, to me, I think I described it to you in text. This was like shotgun stories, mm-hmm. and in the bedroom had a baby. Yes. So, of course, you know that it was right up my alley, and I absolutely loved every second of it, while also admitting that this is one of the most like gripping, nail-biting, and tough-to-get-through movies that is only an hour and 25 minutes long, by the way. Briskly paced. Feels longer. But feels like it goes on for an eternity in the best way possible. Um, so grounded. Some of the best naturalistic acting I've seen in quite a while. Uh, the kids in it, by the way, the boys, mm-hmm. those are the director's kids. Really? I knew you would love the Mitch Hedberg bit. I don't oh, yes. want to ruin anything that happens in this movie. But again, small town, you got this guy, he's going through a separation. He's a great dad. Mm-hmm. Fantastic father. but And seems actually very understanding about what the wife is going through as well. It's not... One of the things I loved about the movie is it does not paint any easy villains or any cliches of like how you think this this dynamic is going to play out. And that's probably what I loved about it the most because I feel like there is a... An unhealthy dialogue in this country and this society we live in about what it means to be married and or like involved or with someone to the extent that like i don't i gotta do a deep dive i don't I, the, the the idea of marriage is we made that up we as a society made it up right. human beings we didn't because if you look at the human beings we were they didn't have marriage it's right. not a, it's a foreign concept to them right but i think and it's ingrained in us from day one with movies and television and comic books and all that, you've got to find the one and that's mm-hmm. going to be it for you. And it's always just the way that that any sort of split, any sort of like, you know, dalliance, any sort of like straying from that narrative, like two people, when I see it in film, very rarely does it, does it get to this level of realism 
in what people a do to try and like save or repair their marriage or what they do to just try and physically like you know what it means for them to actually love that other person. Like we made jokes about the beach bum earlier. Mm -hmm. The scenes where like Snoop and him are talking, he's like, I don't really need to hear about you. and like my wife, man. I'm your boy. You're my boy. We and her had an understanding. It is what it is. It's no big deal. I'm not worried about it. I'm above that. I don't give a shit about that. That's tertiary stuff. I don't care about Mm -hmm. this character could never be that because it is such a thing, you know? And while it is such a thing for him and you can see it, it also, it's reminding you that like, well, yeah, I mean, if you love that person that much, it ain't going to be easy. It's as easy as you're going to make it, you know? And it's just that, I, I appreciate it for that aspect because I feel like there's a lot of people who like don't, sometimes when I see things like that I in movies, it, it, does, it totally it doesn't hit right for me and I'm like, yeah, but that's not really what it would be like. Or, yeah, but that's not really what yeah, uh, marriage is. Or, like, So, so much you know. so, without spoiling anything, but where this movie ultimately builds to and the kind of, like, you know, the climax yeah, is, I think, has you as an audience member questioning, like, what do I actually want to happen here? Right. Like, am I invested in this resolving in a quote-unquote happy way? Right. Or do I, as a viewer, like, want this somehow, like, seemingly cathartic violence or something? Is right. that what I want? And I I thought that whole inner dialogue I was having with myself was, like, totally something the movie was playing with and wanted you to be actively thinking about. One last thing I'll say, because, again, I, don't, I know a lot of people have not seen it. It, unfortunately, kind of got screwed on its release last right. year. It is released by Neon. I think they've put a decent amount of press behind it, but, like... I was very upset when for the first week I went on after this was available on Prime. And I, day one, I knew it was coming to VOD, rented it on Amazon. And I had to go direct search for it. It didn't come up in the new Hmm. releases. And I kept checking just to see, like, is it going to pop up there? Like, it's got a compelling looking poster. If you read the description or you saw it had positive stars, like, people might check it out. And I... Tried to recommend it to everybody on Instagram. I called all my like movie nerd friends, texted everybody. This is something you need to check out. And it wasn't until about a week ago, so I think two weeks post it being out, that I finally saw it pop up in the new to rent or buy mm-hmm. category within the first few slides on the thumbnail. Right. Which tells me that people are actually watching it, which right. is great. But yeah, I... Could not recommend it more more highly. It is, it's a heavy one. It's a tough one to get through. But if you if you like a really good adult drama, haven't really seen anything like this. I mean, in a it's, while. Like, it's, it's like it's like this person like was. This like these people were like, oh, this kid's it's, asking where all they went. <laughs> don't don't worry, kid. We got you. You're gonna wait just a little bit longer, but we got you. Like they heard. <laughs> Knowing this was coming out, they heard our in-the-bedroom discussion was like, oh boy, have we got something up our sleeve yeah. for Noah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend it. Again, that's The Killing of Two Lovers. I think there was something else I was going to say about it, but honestly, we'll save it for another time. Right. Uh, but yeah, up until two or three days ago, that was that was my movie of the year. That was my, my thing to beat. And I thought it was going to stay firmly placed. There was like, 
Oh, it's going to touch this for a while. We're going to have to get to the fall probably before I start seeing anything that could start knocking on the door of this. Because I was pretty knocked out by it. And then The Vast of Night 2 came out. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. No, then Bo Burnham's Inside came out. Oh. Have you watched this yet? No. Very disappointed that we can't talk about it in depth then. Uh, Is this the comedy sing guy? Plays like an instrument, makes songs and stuff? Is that him? Yes. <laughs> bit reductive, but you don't know, let it slide. That's all I know. I'm just kidding, dude. <laughs> Uh, I've li- I've been he's my age. I've literally been following him since he started on YouTube. Okay. Um, watching the evolution of his career is pretty incredible. But he kind of stopped touring. I was lucky enough to see him actually at USC. I remember as, he came as to a USC. fifth year senior. Yeah, I, I saw. Him. Or maybe no, maybe that was my senior year, and I saw Nick Offerman, fifth year senior year. Anyways, um, all I saw was Boondock Saints two. All Saints Day. Oh, God. We did do that at the Student Theater. I yeah. forgot about that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Like two weeks before it came out on DVD. Yeah. But we, boy, we thought we were out of the curve. Oh, hell yeah. Us and like four other people that were excited for that movie. Dude, no. I saw it with a packed house. Was there... You didn't must have not gone with me. Did we see it together? Or did I go see it at an actual theater? I think you saw it at an actual theater. I, I saw it for free in the... I might have gone with Bear. In Russell the House. Theater. I think you guys... Yeah. Okay. Anyways... I got way off track. <laughs> Bo Burnham. Yes. He started on YouTube. He's had several comedy specials. A lot of them are available on uh, Netflix. Yeah, I've seen some of them, yes. yeah. He wrote and directed 8th Grade. Fantastic movie. Don't know if you ever caught it. I think it's on Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. That might have been an A24. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. It was good. You would like it. It's a very good movie. And then most recently, he was in Promising Young Woman. Did you ever see Promising Young Woman? I need to watch that. Okay. It's it's a discounted rental now. So yeah. You can, I figured if it wasn't discounted by now, it would be free soon. Uh, he is in that. He has not done a stand-up special in like five years. He stopped touring. He acted. He directed. But he hadn't done anything in a while. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was prepping his next tour for 2020. And then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And so the special, which is an hour and 27 minutes long, if I'm not mistaken. So as Veronica said before we started, long for a comedy special, right? Like, and I was like, yeah, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, he shot the entirety of this thing basically over the course of quarantine for mm-hmm. the last like year. And because of COVID restrictions and everything, shot it completely by himself. Did all of his own camera setups, all of his own editing, lighting, etc., everything, in a single studio apartment, essentially. And it is so good, Gavin, that basically, I don't think anybody needs to make any content about 2020 after this. Huh. I, like, I kind of think everybody should just shut the fuck up about it and let it be. Because I think he just made the most definitive artistic statement about what the last year was that anybody has made or is going to make. Hmm. It is so good, so unfathomably good, that I just, I'm like, why would you even want to touch the subject matter? Um, 
again, it's an hour and 27 minutes. There's an intermission. There's not a... I'm not a musical guy. I don't I don't like musicals. Traditionally, this would be defined as a musical. Mm-hmm. There's not a weak song in the bunch. Not even a, a weak, like, slip... Not a line that's like, oh, dude, you kind of phoned it in on that one. It's the best songs he's ever written. It's the most like real and dark he's ever gotten at the same time <laughs> the interstitials and the kind of stand-up bits as well and dude it's it's indescribable it's like it's not a stand-up special it's not a movie it is its own thing which is why i am treating it like a movie and mm-hmm. saying it's my favorite film of the year but in truth it is just it's just my favorite piece of art to come out of the pandemic basically the the best thing that it has inspired artistically speaking that we have seen yet i think this is kind of like a defining statement um i i can't recommend it more highly it's on netflix go watch it it's called bill burnham's inside okay it's it's my favorite thing of the year so far at this point incredible stuff take advantage of that intermission i will say first half blisteringly funny like you'll be You'll be, your face will be hurting, sincerely, and then the intermission happens, and then the back half is equally as amazing, but it it gets dark, buddy. So heads up on that. Okay, please watch that before we record next time. Okay. More so than anything else we've mentioned, please watch that. Okay. Um, I have pretty much hit everything I wanted to on the new front. I've got some rewatches, but. Do you want to kick it over to TV? Yeah, we can. We're, we're pretty late in the game, but uh, let's take a, another little musical interlude brought to you by Relaxation Sphere and myself, Narek, and uh, we'll be right back. Far. I hope you're enjoying the the EP or the bits you're hearing. Again, if you want to I check am that so out. So relaxed, man. <laughs> okay. So chill right now. Oh, again, if Ugh. you want to check out the whole album, uh, that is the Medler EP from Narc, lowercase n, capital A R K, all caps, except for the end. You'll get it eventually. Yeah. Eventually, it'll be the number one result. Right. you'll see you'll all see <laughs> okay. anyways uh yeah so hope you guys are enjoying that you'll hear a little bit more at the end of the episode and then like i said next couple episodes you're going to hear from the rest of the uh relaxation sphere roster so look forward to that and again check out their channel on youtube follow them on instagram at relaxation sphere or uh check out their spotify their website all their stuff great people great austrian people 
um, TV. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I think yeah, that's we decided to jump over to TV for a little bit. Uh, we are an hour and forty minutes in. Uh, Pretty energy, standard. Energy is fading a bit. Time but for another do, white zombie. But we do have a second beer that is happening. So, um, <clears throat> here's my list. Here's what it starts with. Go for it. Invincible. Oh yeah. Or should I say? Yeah, <laughs> perfect, perfect. The joke only worked in the room, but I I love the intros to all of these episodes. One of the many things I love about it. Uh, this is the adaptation of the Robert Kirkman comic book that uh, has been out for quite a while. Uh, this was pre Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, I think they launched like a couple months apart, but. I had only read the first trade paperback, maybe the sec- a bit of the second one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was familiar with a bit of the plot, but they definitely bring in elements from a little bit further along. Um, this is one of my, I mean, we're, we're definitely not starved for superhero-related content, right. whether it's from the big, the big guns at Marvel and DC or some of your smaller publishers or, you know, these more indie properties that are getting adapted, but... Even with stuff like The Boys already on Amazon, mm-hmm. you might be saying to yourself, do I need Invincible? Do I need it? Yeah, you do. You definitely do. 120%. Um, the, the way it navigates the tropes of the... I feel like that's the theme of this entire episode. Yeah. Which I guess is the theme Navigating of every episode. Navigating those tropes. Is, yeah. But uh, the way it navigates w- what we Trope know nav. about the superhero genre. And what I love, too, is also it's like prior to about... 10 or 15 years ago this would have been like conceived as pitched at like oh hardcore comic fans know all of this sort of shit but it's like now the general public has enough of a comics lexicon to like you can show them somebody named red rush who dresses like that and you're probably like oh he's kind of like the flash right Right. I get it. Like, he runs fast. He can probably, like, tap into right. Speed Force. But then if you know comics like we do, you're like, oh, of course that's a fucking Flash stand-in. And then, bam, oh, oh, shit. Okay, wow. that All that just happened. And you're like, well, shit. Yes. Constantly subvert your expectations. Yes. Pretty much every turn. I've said this to you, and we may have another one in the running when uh, the new Masters of the Universe launches in oh, a couple yeah. months, which has a great cast, but... As of right now, Invincible, I think, has quite possibly the best voice cast ever assembled for any animated property. I agree, uh, 100%. Ever in the history of ever. Uh, Steven Yeun, Academy Award nominee Steven Yeun, Academy Award nominee J.K. Simmons. I can't remember if Sandra Oh pulled the supporting for Sideways or not. I want to say nominee as well. Maybe. Soon to be nominee, Walton Goggins. Soon to be winner, Walton Goggins. Yes. Let's be honest. That guy's going to win an Oscar one day. Of course. You mark my fucking words. Walton Goggins will win an Oscar in our lifetime. It's going to happen. I'm just saying. They need another villain for Karate or Cobra Kai season season five. He's always in the tank. Man. He's, he's always, always there. He's always back there. Bring that production if down I, here. If I ever have the pleasure of meeting him down here while he's filming Gemstones, you better believe him and be like, Mr. Goggins, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been with you since day one. I saw the next Karate Kid in Japan as a four-year-old. And I've been a fan since day one. And I've been thinking, why the fuck wasn't that guy the lead villain? Yeah. Because that's, that's his whole story of them like being like, 
no, we we don't even think you want the backup. Of course, I want the backup guy. I just want to be in the kid. Thing. I want to be near Pat Marie. I don't want to be in the thing. Oh well, if you'll play like bad guy, the second back, yeah, sure, we'll cast you. Great, fuck y'all. I'm going to be in a movie. Bye. <laughs> Leave it his fucking yeah. boot boot selling oh job. Like, God. yeah, that's it. That's where the ride starts. It's the Karate Kid part. Uh, the next Karate Kid. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, fantastic voice cast. Again, uh, another one where. The, the joy of watching it is all of the stuff that we could potentially spoil right now. I feel like people are still kind of catching up to it. Mm-hmm. So what I will say is, if you don't want to hear any more about Invincible, maybe skip ahead about five minutes. Holy shit, that finale. Yes. Basically the last two episodes. Yes. We get, at the end of the very first episode, which I told you would hook you. Like I, I don't know how you watch that pilot and you're not like, whoa, wait a second, what? Oh, yeah. Wait, what is this about? Because aesthetically, up until that point, this could be like, you remember X-Men Unlimited? Yeah. That was maybe more, you had kind of phased out of cartoons. Mm-hmm. I think it was X-Men Unlimited. I know what you're I talking about. that was about. the subtitle. It, but wasn't it was the, the classic it was one the from Fox. It was the newer one. on Fox. This was like after the, the movies era had come of out. the Singer yeah. movies. Yeah. And, you know. Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, et cetera. Yeah. They were kind of revamping a bunch of stuff for TV. X-Men Evolution. That's That's the is. name yeah. of it. Um, but I'm like, for all intents and purposes, it could be like that sort of art style or look. Like a traditional kid Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've seen a little bit of violence and there's been some cursing. And they've set the tone that like, you know, this is a little different flavor. But when you get to the final sequence... Which again, I don't. I feel totally comfortable spoiling because it's like I hope you at least watch the first episode. Yeah. But where Omni Man, who's essentially our our Superman in this universe, and is the father of our main character, Omni Man is voiced by J.K. Simmons, his son who is just coming into his powers, who will soon be called Invincible, uh, is voiced by Stephen Young. Okay. Omni Man comes into the the Guardians of the Globe headquarters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is our Justice League, essentially. Yep. And straight up cold-blooded murders, brutally, brutally murders after doing battle with all of all of his compatriots, all of his supposed friends. Right. And it is, it's wild, dude. The way it is shot and edited, the sound effects, everything. I say shot. The way it's drawn, drawn yeah, is <laughs> just. It's mind-blowing, and I told you at the time when I was trying to hook you into watching it, it gave me that feeling that I only have gotten, really, from, like, early seasons of The Walking Dead and early issues of The Walking Dead when I was still following it regularly as a comic book. But where it just leaves you on a note of, like, but, wait, but this is is your first episode, bro? Yeah. you got to do that in the first episode? Yeah. Well, if that's the tone we're setting... What the hell is this show about? Immediately hooks you in, and you spend kind of the rest of the season with this dual narrative of, like, you know, he's he's struggling with high school. He's got the Peter Parker thing of, like, he's trying to be a superhero, but he's also trying to date a girl. And he's trying to find himself, etc. All while building up this background narrative of, like, okay, so his dad is essentially Superman. He's an alien from another planet. So he's half human, half alien. What are the actual intentions of his dad? What, right. 
where does he come from? What's his end game, et cetera? Why did he do what he did in the opening? Was that was he being controlled by somebody? What the hell's and going on? The, between the dialogue of them saying, "Oh, he must be controlled," and for like the first two episodes afterwards, I was convinced there's a big bad at hand. We're gonna have to find out who it is. Hopefully, he doesn't gain control of them anymore. And then when you realize what the whole thing is, you're like, "Well, motherfucker, that does make complete sense. Yeah. I buy it a hundred percent." And holy shit, we need a hero. Yes, and we build to, again, the penultimate episode, which is essentially the gloves are off, um, the world knows, or at least <laughs> most of the government knows at this point, that Omni-Man is, is an enemy of the world and is not here to, to save us, but is in fact here to colonize us. And they're basically like, we gotta throw... Everything, Everything we thing have we can at him. Do. And it is an entire episode, pretty much, of one giant extended action set piece that is also doing some beautiful storytelling the whole time as well. Um, and it, I was just, I texted you right afterwards. I was like, dude, that's one of the best, like, half hours of TV I've seen in recent memory. Mm-hmm. And some of these episodes were like 45, right? Yeah. Yeah, they kind of varied. So we, but we get. The setup essentially for the final conflict, which is going to be like, dude, you got to face down your dad. And like, are you going to end up siding with him? Or are you going to like err on the side of humanity and try and take him down? What's going to happen? And I won't get into all of the details, but where that goes in the finale and the kind of the showdown between father and son. The idea that, again, that's how you're capping off your first season, Mm -hmm. knowing that there is hundreds of more issues of this comic and way more stories to tell and all this other stuff coming it's just like so exciting because you're like well if this is like where we got to in the course of what eight episodes yeah not like, even ten. imagine imagine what we got coming down the road uh so if you haven't already checked it out invincible amazon prime huge endorsement from Definitely. the archive here from the blanchard brothers all right, so we both dug the shit out of Invincible. Did you ever check out Yasuke? No. On I Netflix? Didn't. No. I told you a bit about it. Fictional fantasy anime, historical fiction about the first black samurai, mm-hmm. vo- voiced by Lakeith Stanfield. Right, yeah, yeah. And most importantly, soundtrack by Flying Lotus. Um, it's fun. It's a quick watch. I think it's only six episodes. Uh, wild animation. Some people, I felt like the... The main kind of discourse I saw was, oh, I wish it were more historically accurate. Why'd they have to bring in all this fantasy anime bullshit? Why couldn't they just tell the story of this character? And I guess my response to that was, you don't like all the crazy fucking anime shit? Like, my response to that is, <laughs> you weren't alive back then. How do you know it wasn't this way? What? Fuck you. <laughs> well, I, I'm also just like this. I We'll get into this with my final TV thing that I'll be discussing, but this kind of i don't know bullshit thing to me that it's like oh well it's okay for some people to alter history and do like revisionist history or historical fiction or fantasy but other people know you got to tell it the way it happened and i don't i don't see why certain restrictions got to be put on some people instead of others I, i don't get it well i'll explain myself a bit when we get further into this but i enjoyed yasuke it's a quick watch it's fun lucky's great in it um and the soundtrack just kicks ass, dude. It's so good. So good. That's on Netflix. Check it out there. I have not finished Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, the second collection dropped. 
Oh yeah, it's like the Deadpool guy and Fincher produced it. I need to um, I need to catch up on that. I've been waiting. I've watched a couple of them in somewhere reaction to the first season where I'm like, it's kind of a you know, it's very hit or miss. Trying some to be Black them, Mirror, but isn't Black Mirror? Some, yeah, some of them are very enjoyable, and the animation style is very. Again, I feel, and I think this is just a trend of like indie animation in general, but the amount of them that are trying to basically ape the aesthetic of like a really polished triple a video game cutscene, yeah as opposed to just choosing an interesting art style mm-hmm. or different look um yeah i'm kind of, there's too many of them that look samey to me because they're all going for this almost photorealistic sci-fi shit as opposed to like just show me some wild stuff man i don't exactly. care if it looks like i could see it in my reality it's animation like Mm-hmm. let your mind run wild yeah. but there's this marriage to like trying to like ground it in stuff that we've seen before um so i've been a little less impressed with this collection but i granted i haven't finished i've only watched like two or three gotcha. uh finally went back and watched Moonbase eight on showtime fred armison tim heidecker john c Riley. fun show people did not like it my girlfriend and i love we have showtime it. again <laughs> Um, yeah, I got it because I, cause I wanted to watch Moonbase and then I kept it so I could watch Who is America and now I'm debating keeping it for a little bit longer to watch Billions because everybody keeps telling me I gotta watch fucking Billions. Mom was talking about City on the Hill, Kevin Bacon. She watches that on Showtime. Yeah. They have it on their regular TV. Right. I got okay. it through Prime because I needed to watch Moonbase. Okay, well now I'm thinking I could probably watch the second season of Black Monday. Well, hurry up. Yeah, it's out now. All right, good. All I think we out. have it for a month. Okay. I don't know. No, they don't drop like that. I think it's airing or it's going to start airing. It should all be done by now because when we got rid of it last time, okay. it had started then. The second season? Yes. Okay, so I guess the promos I've been seeing are like saying, hey, season two is up, not yeah. it's starting. Okay. Yeah, no, it should be. I don't know. I can't remember how long it all was. Right. I just got a few more. Okay. Do you want to go, you want to go heavy or light? Let's go heavy. Okay. Let's talk about Mary Vee's Town, baby. Yeah. The latest HBO, Ooh. Murder Dirter. <laughs> Tell me you saw Murder Dirter. Yeah. You did? What's Murder Dirter? What are you talking about? Did you see the SNL sketch or no? No, 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 no. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, are you fucking with me? I, I thought, don't know what you're, you're talking like about. the SNL king, dude. I thought you were like the guy who fucking sticks with it and watches every episode. Are you messing with me or not? I can't I'm not tell. Are you doing a bit for you. the podcast? I don't know what you're you do, talking about. You get this about. smirk sometimes where I'm just like, dude, he's just like, he's like, oh, this will make better content if no. I pretend like I didn't I, see I, it. Who hosted? Elon Musk. You didn't watch the episode? No, I didn't watch the episode. Okay. Listen, when you have all that money in the world and you amount to like one of the, like you're worse than Steven Seagal was on that show. Like, I just, I can't. It's it's probably way too cringe for me now. Like that's the thing you don't understand. I get embarrassed for people really easily. So if I know that people didn't like it and they were just like, "What the okay. hell?" Like he's still Apo- losing money for it. Apologies in advance for anybody who's already well aware of the joke I just made. This is going to be Gavin experiencing murder murder um, in real time for the first time. Okay, this is happening. We'll see how the audio comes through. Apologies in advance.
Jesus. We accurate. Noah, I thought for sure somebody had that's gotta be the one that him. has to be that the was, one gym in that entire episode. Oh, 100%, dude. It's the I, I mean, in my personal opinion, it's the one good sketch to come out of this last season of SNL, which I didn't watch all of. But Noah, you but, haven't heard Weird Little Flute? Oh, no, okay, sure, yeah, you know what I mean, you know what that is, yes, okay, yes, I guess I don't know. I know there's been some good ones. The performances haven't been Anyways, there. Anyways, I wanted to lighten the mood before we get into yeah. it. Yeah. But yes, the fucking Mary Easttown, huh? It's the latest, like we said, Sunday night murder mystery prestige. In the wake of True Detective, we've gotten a bunch of these. You got your yeah. sharp, you got your sharp objects. You got your big little eyes. You got your the outsider, probably the weakest of the bunch. Yeah. You've had some other ones in there as well. Oh, the night of. Yeah. How could I forget? Uh-huh. The, the the third day. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I think this is upper echelon, like, 
right up there. Not not fully there. No, it's, but no, it's, just, don't you know that this guy, he directed like best episodes of The Leftovers. So, yeah, good, good stuff. you about International Assassin? And the most, and, the, and the, most in, the most the most interesting, the most powerful man in the world, and his identical the, the, the twin brother? brother. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, don't you don't use nose. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Stop eating Wawa hoagies, everybody. <laughs> Stop eating Wawa hoagies with the buddy. See, I did, I so <laughs> Veronica did not watch a single until the finale. She didn't watch a minute of Mary of Easttown, but she right. watched. She saw Murder Dirter on uh-huh. SNL, and she was like. She was like, so is that what that show's actually like? I was like, no. I was like, for once, that's what's so brilliant about this sketch is like, this is what if Mayor of Easttown was done poorly with terrible actors who right. were like going way too hard into the accent. Right. And like, that's what's funny about it. Because I, cause I was like, because everybody's brilliant on this show and everybody's nailing the accent. Yeah. But uh, even Guy Pierce, Even Guy Pierce, who I wanted to have this conversation. Probably more than any other conversation surrounding the show. Is Guy Pierce Guy Pierce to the general movie going public? No, he's Is that he a guy. name actor. No, he's that Thank guy. Thank you. And I, I had he to correct is, that listen, in my is, brain because I'm like, I see Guy Pierce show up in this and I'm like, he's the biggest name next to Kate Winslet. Now, you could argue at this point, maybe Evan Peters is a bigger name. Mm-hmm. If you will, but I see you show me Guy Pierce, you show me as a love interest, and my brain starts ticking immediately because I'm like, I mean, how many times have we played the, hey, Guy Pierce couldn't possibly be? Guess what he is? Literally thinking of Iron Man three, yeah, and without remorse. Most recently, right. I feel like there are probably other examples. Okay. Mm-hmm. So immediately, I'm just like, dude, he's got to be involved. You no. can't bring in a gun this big See, and here's... just have him be the love interest. And only in retrospect, I'm like, it's genius casting in as much as they know for a certain portion of the audience, they're they're going to be so focused on the Richard of it all. Right. That's going to be their main distraction, whereas other people in the audience are going to be distracted by something else entirely. But I thought they did an impeccable job of misdirects red herrings false leads all of that stuff to the point where when we got to that finale i didn't know a single reveal until it happened i i was never ahead of this show listen the only time that i was ahead of the show i wasn't actually ahead of it i thought i might be but i wasn't even gonna place a bet on myself Uh uh-huh and Ultimately, talking about it in retrospect with Bex, because her and I watched it, like we kept up with it. I was right, but it was only just by pure like rule rules and logic, and that's uh-huh. it. And I wasn't sure how I was going to be right, but when I turned out to be right, I was like, okay, this sucks, but like, all right, I got it. And it was the rule and logic that you can't have a female have two male love interests in a show. So when there's two professed <laughs> love interests, one of them has to go. And right. I didn't see Guy Pierce going anywhere because he's nowhere. Like, what's he, a book going to fall on his head? He's going <laughs> right. to catch COVID and die? No. Yeah. To the point that, like, when we get to that, 
I guess mid-season finale, if you want to call Episode it that, if you're going to cap it. Yeah, capping it. I mean, yeah. traditionally, yeah. that is where shit goes, Everything ha- shit yeah. goes wild if right. you're doing a true detective season. Exactly. So when that so happens, cool. I was just like, that's the only time that her and I both were like, well, I mean, I mean, he could, he, I mean, he could still be. And like, I was like, when she started going down that road, I was like, well, he isn't because of two man logic. You can't have two men like the same woman. Right. It's going to be, a, no, the love child, he, one of them has to go in some fashion. And so when, I mean, we're spoiling it. So when Evan Peters bites it, I'm like, oh shit. And that was like the most big, that was like the biggest gut punch that I didn't know was, I was going to feel. Yeah. Because the entire time I'm like, okay, Colin Zabel, Craig Zobel. All right. This is him. He's writing himself into this show. This is the kind of guy he wants to be. Well, to be clear, Craig Zobel was just the director. He was in fact brought on after the fact. He has nothing to do with the writing process at all. But Oh, yes. Well, that was what I was thinking in my head. I this didn't realize suppo- someone else This wrote was it. supposed to be written or directed by Gavin O'Connor, who did like uh Warrior mm-hmm. and The Way Back. Mm-hmm. But I guess he had to cancel for some reason, so they brought in Craig Zobel who's as you mentioned, directed two of the best episodes of The Leftovers ever. Um, Film-wise, you and I have talked about it. I don't know if you ever saw it, but Compliance uh, with Ann Dow. That was the first movie I saw of his. Incredible movie. also did Z for Zachariah with yeah. Margot Robbie, Chris Pine, and Chiwetel Ejiofor, which is good but not great. I look forward to him doing another feature, but he is a fantastic yeah. television director. This is... This is not quite on that, like, I would say, like, Twin Peaks Third Turn, Too Old to Die Young, Devs. I would maybe even throw, I know this much is true, into that conversation of, like, kind of established auteurs getting to cut loose with, like, an extended runtime. Because he's still kind of a director for hire in this case. Mm -hmm. But I feel like his sensibilities and the stuff that he's shown strength with in his movies and in his TV work really made it feel like oh he was always intended to direct this like it felt very much like his i mean no it made me feel like he wrote the whole thing <laughs> well there you go there you right go there. yeah maybe, maybe um, it was the one little thing behind where i behind the scenes thing i watched where he was like i wanted this to feel like people in the town i was from in pennsylvania they've lived here for three generations they're not going anywhere they're lived in and so to me i took that as oh well he must have wrote it that way I get that, like, you can establish that via imagery and, like, how they're presented to the point that, like, when you find out, like, the best thing this girl did was make a basket in high school. That was her. She peaked, and that was it. Now, you know, that was the biggest thing that happened to her good-wise. Right. But everyone's going to know, like, oh, yeah, you know, fucking kid hung himself, you know, crazy. Blah, 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 Dad blah. shot himself. Dad shot himself. You know all that, that kind of stuff. Crazy mom. Yeah, which ex-husband. I want to shout out real quick because I don't know if you've watched it. The mom is in a new one. Hacks. Hacks. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, Fucking great show. brilliant, dude. We're like, only like five episodes in, so don't say too wait, much. Wait, how many have they released? I only watched the first two. They've released more. They're up to seven right now. Or they releasing in chunks, kind of like they um, released. I think they're doing a Raised by Wolves thing. Okay, three cool, and good. three, and because I was so pissed when I just had two, and I was like, "Well, shit, I gotta wait a week." There's seven out last oh, time. Okay. we watched. No, I'm loving Hacks, dude. dude. Oh, what I a good time. Fun. Yeah, Christopher McDonald, dude. Dude, I'm so happy. <laughs> the seeing minute, him yes, I was pop yeah. up, and Jean Smart's just she's fucking best, dude. She's yeah. so good. Uh 
But yes, okay, so I will definitely reconvene on that one after we finish the season. Yeah, but that is Hacks, like yeah. my new favorite half hour comedy yeah. for sure. That's the, did you ever watch Broad City when it was on? No. It's on Hulu, five seasons. It was on Comedy Central, of course, but available on Hulu right now. Same like basically the entire creative team of Broad City that is not Abby and Alana, the two stars of it as well. Mm-hmm. The rest of that creative team did hacks. Hmm. So like the agent, oh, their manager, yeah. he's on Broad City as okay. a pretty regularly occurring character. Gotcha. You love it though, dude. Hannibal's in it. Okay. Um, tons of great like you know. I think I've seen a couple stars. episodes of it Just here and there. Started from the beginning, especially on Hulu. They're like twenty minute episodes because you got all the ads edited out, and it just you, you'll watch like three or four back to back, and it'll go by in a breeze. Great hmm. show. One of my favorite comedies in recent memory. Okay. Um. But yeah, Mayor, oh, anyways, that scene, to wrap up the Zabel of it all, I feel like you're almost not even able to cope or emotionally process what's going on with him in that moment because you're immediately into the fucking third act climax of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Like, immediately. And I was just, I didn't know it was going to shift into that gear. Like, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this is, like, terrifying. When she, like, makes that ultimate run where she's coming down the hallway or whatever, trying to get to the gun, where she ultimately, she makes there or whatever, but she's just coming down that super narrow hallway and he's right there behind her, I was, I was off the couch. I was, mm-hmm. like, freaking the fuck out, so concerned at that point, because as soon as they blew Evan Peters' brains out, I was like, the rules are off, man. Yeah. I At that point, in my head, I was like, is this six episodes? Or is, or is this, this five? eight? Or is this what five? Like, yeah. What is this going to end? What the fuck's going on? Like, where are they going to leave this at? And then I remembered, of course, from all the trailers, I was like, there's that shot of her, like, in a doorway, shooting a gun. And she's, like, cradling her other hand. And then she kind of slams against the wall as, like, cop cars rolling in the background. I was like, I remember that shot. She's about to kill this guy. She's going to be okay. And at least she saved the girls. But fuck, man, he got straight up DiCaprio. <laughs> yes, that was that is the new. He is the new DiCaprio. Like I yeah. was telling Bex, I was like, you may not not remember The Departed whatsoever, but like The Departed is seriously well, let us not, just that scene. Let us not forget the little candidate in between there. Who? Old Taylor Kitsch in True Detective season two, Bro. baby. <laughs> I know that one just that does that one oh fucks you up, especially yeah, who it is. It's his lover. It's I like, know. Oh man. my god. Yeah. Well, he lures him there, but the dude who kills him is the assistant, right? No, the dude who kills him is his lover. The, the one, one who, who finally kills him when he comes out the back is not. Uh-uh. Yes, it is. Nah, dude. It's the dude Go that back and watch it. It's it can't be. No, it's, he's I the one it... who lures him there, but the one who well, finally does he kill that guy? In... Does huh? he kill the guy that lured him there down in the alley thing? pretty sure he kills a couple of those guys oh i thought that was the whole big deal was like the guy that lured him there was the one that shot him in the back when he's escaping we should go revisit our episode we should it's available i think no it's on the tv arc yeah anyways back to mayor okay so a lot of this i I feel like i'm going to be regurgitating from my conversation with mom a couple hours ago about the finale but i had I did not pick up on the whole Ryan of it all until they flat out revealed it. Mm-hmm. But when they did, it did not feel like a cheat. And I start flashing back to all of these earlier moments 
from previous episodes. Like where he sees the news report and asks his dad, like, oh, what's going on with her? And you're just like, oh, he's just concerned. It's a girl from his high school, like, Mm -hmm. small town. And then, you know, the dad kind of reassures him or whatever. And, of course, immediately when I'm, like, rethinking about that scene and the scene where he, again, defends his sister at school. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she's being picked on, and you're like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, yeah, defend your sister. But he kind of takes it too far when he almost beats that kid within an inch of his life with the lunch tray. And you're like, maybe there's something going on with this kid. But in the moment, none no, of that no. red is sinister nope. at all. Not at all. But as soon as they pointed it out, I was like, oh my god, you guys did such a good job. You di- you truly did what is supposed to happen with a red herring, which is like, you pointed, you shine the light on so many different people and gave us cause that you also simultaneously were presenting clearly the trajectory of this is who did it but we didn't see it because you just you did the misdirects so well and i i had said long before that i was like i don't care how this mystery wraps up i truly don't because i was so invested in the characters at that point right and that's the best place you can be with a series like this i feel like but then to come in and actually have like an extremely like dark but satisfying ending that also loops back in like we should have known obviously that it was going to be something that was going to hit mare where she lives so to speak like it had to be related to Lori and their friendship and all of that and if those two women do not win best actress and best supporting actress at the emmys like what are we even talking about dude like those final couple scenes between the two of them just absolute masterclasses particularly the final one in the kitchen where i think there's like one line of dialogue exchange between them she just says in like a in like a three minute scene and it's just everything is on their faces and it's just oh god it's so good uh the ultimate ending of like actually having some hope and every single episode really managed to like fantastic balance of tone where it could be dealing with the most heavy gruesome subject matter on the side of like these kidnapped girls or this murdered girl but you still had moments of like comedy that would come out of nowhere that totally played and did not feel out of place. And some that were darkly funny, some that were just outright comedic, like the Gene Smart of it all, who at the end of the day, dude, her moment in the finale when they're like out, out to lunch. Oh, God. And she's dude. just like, you know, I wish you some peace. I, I've always wanted that for you, for you to be able to forgive yourself and everything. And her breaking down, I was just like, dude, Gene Smart could fucking do it all dude she's like hysterically funny but she can can whip out the dramatic guns whenever she needs to you are forgetting the worst misdirect that entire show did that i will say it right here and i'll say it publicly i was a 9.5 on this show 9.5 out of 10 the reason for that 0.5 to be quite honest with you is the fucking scene you're about to talk about what scene is that the bathtub scene with the kid that was completely unnecessary. Yeah. And I I do have an issue. Here's my thing. If you had played out the drama of that and it would have been dark as fuck and I wouldn't have been happy for the show to go there. The kid died in that scene. I'm okay with you presenting it the way you did. Mm-hmm. When you're doing the fake out to get my emotions up, but then ultimately playing off, it does feel very manipulative. I will say that this: though. I brushed up against. I that will say quite this quite a bit. If you look at it in the context of Susie Bacon, yeah, which I had to explain to Bex's their kid, yes, um, 
And you would already know this if you hadn't skipped out on Here and Now, the only solo podcast <laughs> I ever did by myself. Okay. I was on the Sosie Bacon train okay. way before anybody. Okay. So I don't want to hear any shit about hey, it. Hey, hey, stake your claim, my friend. Um, she was okay in that show. She was yeah. much better in the show. She's no closer. I got it. Um, I would have done a spit take if I had drank that a little bit okay, earlier that was it. very good that was okay. funny that made, mom is dying right now i know i gotta keep i hope she doesn't have a margarita in her hand. hopefully not i did oh i didn't tell you guess what i bought her what? i bought her a bottle of dos hombres mezcal she mentioned that earlier too. she excited she didn't see i swear to god i told her about that a long time ago and she's like oh mezcal but the minute she saw that it was like cranston she was like cranston oh my god i'm looking for this i was like i've been trying to get you a bottle of this for months because, you know, the total wine in Florida She had said it, she wasn't going to bust it open until we uh, come up there again. So I guess yeah. that'll be our post-Mother's Day. Yeah. Mother's Day celebration. Yeah, I was a good son. I bought her the expensive bottle. I just bought, I drank cheap Jim Beam. I was going to buy some Lead Slinger, but I didn't. You know, it's all about the sacrifices. Anyway. She made some for you, and now you make right. them for her. Exactly. That's they hold m- equal weight, clearly. Mother. Here and now, you know what they do. Um, because... She refuses to go back on a pill to use again, thus causing the problem with her son, then allowing herself to, well, I got to make sure I stay up for him. I can't have that happen. I got to use again. And then ultimately realizes I can't do this. I'm not going to be a good mother. I felt mayor. Like, here you go. Yeah. That's the only reason I appreciate that no. scene. And I, I don't into her trajectory of the story be there. I didn't, I physically didn't like the, um, I didn't like the fake out, the if way he it played out. If he hadn't I, have, if you hadn't have seen him go under yes. and you just cut that part where it looks exactly. like he slipped, that's where cut it that felt, and I'm fine. That's where I get it, it felt just like a little, just a touch yeah. too far for me. And I, I felt like, I felt like you guys have navigated some really dark emotional territory so gracefully so some far. Some dark water. That that one really... I, that was something that I felt was just a little clumsy, right? And I didn't think we needed it. So again, that shave, is again, shave, again, shave that that, that, that split is, second of the kid going under. Exactly. And you're fine. If you cut we're talking, the, like he's in the we're talking about a moment that right. just stuck out to me. I really there was very nothing else I can think of that I really had an the, issue with. But the Dylan, so, no, no, so no, 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 the, no, the, the, the boy, the Dylan chasing the best friend, like chasing her down. You could not use that because ultimately it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't mean anything. Yes. Like, cut that Did out. Do we spend a little too much time on the priest? Maybe. But. Nah, that's an, uh, enough time to make me understand I feel like care. we needed a little more of her cousin to bring home that arc a bit. Right. I needed to know a little more about what he, what was going on with him and how he perceived the. Anyways. I perceived that the cousin really liked the Regret. priest and wanted to be in with a, with him in a relationship. That's what but I living in that's East what Town. I was he taking can't. from it as well. But the look that she gave him, he's like, "Hey, he's going to be released tomorrow." The way he looked, it was like, "Oh, this is great," but also like, "Oh no, they're going to turn on him." Like this right. is not going to be good for him at all. You know, like that's what I read it as. Yeah. And um, then we could talk about, you know, you can't have a man like two men like a woman. She doesn't get that in the end. Guy Pierce still leaves. He's still right. he's still but out. There's the promise. Yeah, of like, the promise a of a new day, a new hope, all that. I stuff, tell but... you though, and I told this to mom, and she like she laughed out loud at me. But I was like, 
I'll be honest with you, you know, when it started and it was the brothers, I was like, there's no way it ends with these Ross brothers. There's, there's, there's something more to this, okay? So when they arrest John Ross and they bring mm-hmm. him in and they're questioning him and everything, and they're like, you know, well, where'd you shoot her? Oh, I shot her in the hands when we were struggling for the pistol, and then where else did you shoot her? I shot her in the face. I was like, nah, no, you didn't. You shot her in the chest. You're full of shit, man. I was like, I see right through you. So my dumb brain, again, I'm like, so Guy Pierce is still on the tape. <laughs> And I was Ugh. like, I called it. I fucking called it. Clearly, we got like 40 minutes left in this episode. Clearly, it's Guy Pierce. Everything's coming together. Everything's coming up, Noah. Okay, let's do this. And then they reveal that it's Ryan about like 15 minutes later. And I'm like, son of a bitch. After, like, it's after he's left, right? Like, he's already booked it out of town. Because he one? leaves pretty early in the episode, right? Which, who leaves? Guy Pierce. Doesn't yeah. he leave pretty much? So. Yeah, yeah. Like basically, after they arrest John, he's like, "Well, you, you know, you got it all figured out. It's only a year; be fine." There's and that hopeful where ending was, where you're like, "I was like, I was like, okay, dude, here, the reveal is going to be that like his previous book, the book that made him famous, is actually about a murder or something. You didn't know, but you decided to read it, and then you were like, "This is oh, the wait, does this guy murder. go? Does this guy go create murders so he can like observe the fallout in the town and then write about it? Like, is that his mo? Or, he's a fucking or, serial killer. No, no. Or I'm he's like, the big. He's actually behind the kidnappings the entire time. Right. All we saw was that dude there with him. We didn't see the well, guy there, who actually there took was them that into the whole thread too of like, hey, here's this whole escort site that she was a part of, and this guy was abducted. I'm like, do we need to do a little further investigation and see if this guy was? operating alone because it seems like <laughs> this might be more of a vast network maybe something you could explore well, and it's i don't weird. want this but in a season two it's but crazy I don't want a it's two. crazy that that was the thing because not even like a week before the reveal of girl still alive another girl's being added to the mix i don't remember if it was true crime garage or something else i listened to a story that was basically that there was a guy who was keeping multiple women in a basement and, like, there was, like, a hole that was covered with a mattress, and then there was other places for them to stay, and he was just adding women after women. It mainly focused on the first woman who basically, after a while, he trusted to, like, go with him and help, like, pick out women to pick out. Now, she never actually went and did anything illegal by coaxing them back, but she would uh-huh. just be there with him under duress, like, to reassure whatever girl he was going to get that, oh, there's a woman here, you're fine. So it's weird that that happened just as this that episode was coming up. I had heard them talk about it on a podcast, and I was like, is this like a nod to that guy or like crimes like this that have come up in the past? But because you never see who actually it was, yeah, I had in my mind that like, well, maybe it was fucking Guy Pierce to kidnap these girls all along. That's just the dude that's running the bar who's like his partner. Right. And like, it's go time. The cops are here, and he's got to do something. So... That's why Guy Pierce is conveniently getting the fuck out of town after she's better. Oh, there's nothing to incriminate me. Yeah. Nobody figured it out that it was me and this dude. Okay, time for me to move on down the road to this next college. But yeah. I so wanted for me to be right, but I was way more impressed with their writing skills yes, than exactly. mine, dude. Yeah. And again, I was just like, dude, you think you're good at this. After like years of, of watching stuff like this, you think you have it all figured out and you know the tropes. And I was like, and you're a fucking dummy, dude. Yep. You totally missed it. It was right there. Mm-hmm. It was right there. Of course it was the kid. I was convinced. I was like, if it's going to be a kid, 
it's gonna be her daughter it's gonna be a sharp object sort of thing right and i was just i wasn't looking at any other kids i was like clearly it's not the boyfriend the ex-boyfriend it's too obvious right it's a very simple <laughs> formula <laughs> everybody's a suspect okay. uh yes murder Durder. uh <laughs> great show but not my favorite of the year. We'll What's your favorite year so far? The Friends Reunion? I was going to save it till last, but I'll tell you about it now because we do need to round in to we'll talk about our last shared one. Uh, we can talk about the Friends Reunion if you want to. And we got to pick two by two before we get out of here. And it right. is already 1210. Just Not up. nearly as late as it ever has been. I'm just saying. We've been I've going left for here almost two, o'clock two and a half before. hours. I know. I know, but I don't want to do that tonight. So Listen, I'm back, baby. It's all, we're, yeah, we're, you're it's back, all good. And we can talk about more stuff at another date. It's all right. Too. What's our next share one? Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Oh, yeah. Because we don't have to go in depth on no, because I think the plan at this point, at some point we're going to get me, you, Sunshine Mayfield, and Max Gongaware on a Zoom call. You we're going to chat about the whole franchise. You put, my rate up. you put my rating up. Yeah, I did. I was, the reason I gave it an eight. Okay, one, not enough of the original ducks to follow the Cobra Kai formula. Two, Kenny Wu is not an original duck. Kenny Wu is not from Minneapolis. Kenny Wu is from Sacramento, California, or San Francisco, California. Okay, so shoehorning a, a duck from Mighty Ducks 2 into the Game Changers, not my not my cup of tea. It's the only reason I give it an eight. Okay. I loved everything else of it. I loved Misdirect. I loved Emilio. I know that when the third one came out, he was like, I don't want to be stuck in sequel hell, but it's like, you gonna do this for a couple more years? Because I do want a season two. I want to see what happens next season. But yes. that's all I'll say. Um, it did I deserve the solid more, I can't wait to get more in depth with you. Um, I was charmed by the show initially. Um, had a good time. It it kept me strung along. But it really came together for me in the finale, where it kind of turned a corner, and I was like, you know what? They get it, dude. They st- they brought in a lot of elements that all of a sudden felt very more like what I was expecting the show to be initially. And I right. liked that it gradually built into it. Right. Um, where it was kind of a, like, we're, we're going we're gonna to earn your respect. By the time we get to the end of this, you're going to like some of these kids. You're going to be a little attached. Oh, the... You might even get a little emotional when they start sticking up for each other. But the... The, the podcast kid turned, like, hockey player. Dude, his comedic time Nick, is fucking golden. Nick in this show steals the entire the entire series he's the kid is magic great comedic timing he's one of those where you're like dude he's like get him over on the set of stranger things i mean sure but i more see like this kid in a few years when he can do quote adult movies or whatever he has like jonah hill energy to me where like effortless comedic timing and just like would crush anything you put in front of him he absolutely steals the show. By far the highlight of the kids. But they're all pretty solid in general. He's just like next level, dude. And the again, spoilers if you haven't made it to the finale yet. But when they're wearing the Retro Ducks jerseys and he's in Averman's jersey, I was like, 100% he yes. should be in Averman's jersey. That, all right. and that, that brings me back to another point. You don't fucking cock tease me with Charlie Conway. Like, yeah, Charlie said he wasn't me? coming because of you, Bombay. Because I was... you've never cared about it. Dude, and I was immediately like, oh, this takes me back to three when they were estranged. And he was like, you left us here at this prep school all by ourselves. But then they get brought back together by Hans's funeral. And uh, and immediately I'm going through all this in my head. And I was like, dude, you haven't rewatched any of these because I was waiting till the I end of the series. And I was like, all of but them. they are. So... I was saving them. I'm going to now before we do our episode. But I was just like, 
but it's just right there. I immediately was just like, but I remembered all of that and like their whole emotional dynamic. I was like, and that's where shit was left with him and Charlie. Like Charlie's like, oh, you never really cared about us. And like they name check him again in the finale. And I was like, dude, they are just like tickling Josh Jackson's balls to be like, please, please come over here, man. Come play with us. It's fun. It's a fun show. They're giving him the Elizabeth Shoe treatment where they're like, hey, we got to prove ourselves before we can like, the only we'll put thing- the offer out. But like, we got to establish ourselves because we can't just come in hot. Like, hey, we're Cobra Kai. Check us out. We got to earn her respect. She's an actress. You know what right. I'm saying? So the but it's so perfect because all you have to do is just be like, oh, one of these kids that's on the Mighty Ducks, like, you know, the the new the the new foreign one. Oh well, yeah, his dad's Charlie Conway, but no one knew because no one ever asked. Because the dude, you, season two, you got to have the reconciliation of Charlie, okay, and Gordon. There, no, but no, here's no, the no, other thing. No, they, well, God. they didn't end on a bad note. He took him to watch the coach skate with his daughter on the ice. Was like, this is why I. No, 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 no. But from what we know of game changers, they're not on good terms. He didn't show up to this thing because he's like, Gordon doesn't care about us anymore. Because Gordon had kind of checked out from all of the Ducks related hoopla. Right, because of the NCAA violation. That's what I'm saying. Season two. Okay. They reconcile, they get back together, okay? We're doing a will they won't they with him and Lauren Graham. So yeah. probably a good time to either reintroduce Charlie's mom or is it Catherine Irby in two? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Am I right? Law and Order Criminal Intent? Yes. Yeah, Catherine Irby. Yeah. That's her. Yeah. Coach McKay or Michelle McKay. You could bring her back in, get a little love triangle thing mm-hmm. going on. And then season three. They, you know, their authority's being challenged. They've already established themselves as champs. Now they're defending champs. Or maybe they got to go to the new Goodwill games. I don't know. But they need a secret weapon. Gordon never learned how to do this. So who's he got to call in? Got to get Keenan to come teach the knuckle puck, dude. Shit writes itself. I went it's way hard deeper. To, than it's hard to master, but it drives goalies crazy. I went. Way deeper than I was supposed to. We got to save some of this for the content. Show is fun. If you were if you were on the fence about checking it out or didn't know if like is this too like modern for me? Like is it even trying to appeal to me? Again, Cobra Kai. This is not. But as an update that kind of like does its own thing. Huge thumbs up. Honestly, great time. Just kind of a charm factory. There's nothing particularly like offensive or anything you're gonna brush up against or like stuff to get really upset about involving the show i got it's just so, kind listen, of like a nice chill fun watch that's and if you, you don't know. want to watch the whole thing you can literally just watch the one episode where all the other ducks comes back you come could back. watch you could just watch that, the it, the opener you could watch the the spirit of the ducks and you could watch the finale and, and get a gist yeah. of it but like i enjoyed the whole season and i kind of watched it in chunks i would let some accumulate and I would binge the, here and there. But. The coach of the the new ducks. It's obvious that Wolf Stanson is his father, right? With the he slick back hair. Well, better be. Yeah. Dude. What a great villain, Coach T. We got to save some of yes. this stuff. I could talk about all this for quite yeah. a while. But yes, if you were on the fence at all, uh, or on the rink door, I on don't the know. ice. Yeah. And the, if you were in the penalty box about it, didn't know if you want to get out or not. Sure. Yes. All of that stuff. Uh, we both recommend it. If you have Disney Plus, why not? 
might as well. But, you know, you could also wait a little bit because Loki comes out on Wednesday. Oh, it does start Wednesday. I know, dude. It's like, oh, just when I was like, oh, I wonder what's happening with old Marvel. Oh, oh there Did you is. see the picture? What picture? Taika Waititi and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You see those other pictures. What other pictures? Taika, Tessa Thompson, and uh, Rita Ora. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Is, so it I guess... weird? Is it weird that I'm like, but I mean, Chris Hemsworth and his biceps, <laughs> what, what else could be better than that? So I guess uh, Taika Waititi is divorced within like the last year or so, and he's currently dating Rita Ora. Okay. Who mm-hmm. I know is a person, but I she's a musician, I guess, right? Or is she a model? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what she does, but I know her name. Okay. Um, and then I guess they were hanging out with Tessa Thompson, who is, I think, like openly bisexual. And they're all smooching on each other, dude, like on a balcony and shit. And, of course, a lot of people are just like, dude, fuck that Taika Waititi. I swear to God, man. He's got, like, two of the most gorgeous women on the planet. Just, like... And they're all just chilling about and like drinking mimosas and making out with each other, all looking like a million fucking bucks, dude. Are you looking at the pictures right now? This guy? <laughs> what? Yeah. Rita Orr. Where do I know her from? I feel I like know, she dude. was. We a don't model have to go down this rabbit day. hole, but yes, I saw the British picture of Taika right. and, and Chris Hemsworth and. But yeah, I had to ask you if you saw the other picture. I saw everybody flipping out about that picture. I was like, ah, I think those are a little more steamy if you want something to check out. But anyways, uh, where were we? The Mighty Ducks, Thor, Loki. Oh yeah, Disney Plus. Decent service. <laughs> check it out if you haven't already. Try a free trial. Whoa. Or find a friend who has an account already. You can do that too. Um. I got one final TV. Is there anything else you wanted to shout out? Because I was going to do this, and then we roll straight into revealing our two by two, and then we need to wrap this up because uh, the file is going to be too big to release. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Okay. We can talk about the French Union. My later. last one uh, that I would highly endorse and want you to check out at some point, at your leisure, I suppose. The Underground Railroad on yes, Amazon Prime. Yes, you did tell me this. Is I I am going to start not it only and get it. It's oh, not only the best show I've seen did, did so I... far this year, it is one of the best, instantly, one of the best shows ever made. I did, just want to put that out Did we there. talk about them already? You talked about it a bit, yes. Okay, you haven't watched it. I have not. I can't remember if I put that on a list. I, I forget what we talked about last time in a catch-up, and then all the stuff yes. we've talked about um, on Zoom and now. So yeah, that would I would recommend, that. if you can do it in chunks, I, I don't know. I've had varying thoughts on it, because... Initially, I kind of paced it out because it was like, I know this is going to be a little heavy. I'm kind of, I'm probably going to want some space in between the episodes. And very quickly, I got like super invested, and I was just like, this feels like a big giant movie. I kind of want to like experience it as close together as possible. Mm-hmm. So I started binging a little bit to the point where like I watched the last three and a half hours of this show like. In one evening, I had say I had the last three episodes go varying lengths. The longest one is like an hour and twenty eight minutes. The shortest one is like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. So very much like the too old to die young format, where it's like episodes are as long as they need to be. Right. Um, 
And it, I mean, it's it's Barry Jenkins, director of Moonlight. If Beale Street could talk, it one of the best living filmmakers right now. And sold. It's just it's astounding on every level. Uh, I can't wait to talk with you about it, particularly about a gentleman who I know we both enjoy, but I don't think has ever gotten his proper just desserts. Joel Edgerton is next fucking level in this show. Stop talking. Yes. Um, done. As so, is the rest of the cast. I will have that um, done, and I will but, have whatever thing you told me to have done by the time I... Bo Burnham, is that it? Bo Burnham's Inside would be my number one recommendation. What was the other thing you told me to watch about? before we talked again? That and this? Underground Railroad and... Oh, the other one I said... Oh, my God. I mean, there was a ton, but I thought it was Bo oh Burnham God, and, and this. I'm all, yes, those are by far my two highest recommends. Okay. For sure. 100%. Okay. It's late in the game, but we gotta decide. What's gonna be our two-by-two two for June? You can go first. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So, um... You know, every year that I, I, I go and visit, I, I come back and I got to get like, I got to get a Florida fix. Right. Usually it's like cocaine cowboys or something related. I think last year I had a little American made and then I, uh, I still have not watched that. It is not eligible for two by two. You've right. already used your one, um, my one, uh, not mulligan, whatever you Yeah. Rule. Yeah. We right. each get one a year. Gotcha. I have yet to use um, mine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but. In in true fashion, um, in going with you know the, just everything about what makes that that state such a great one. You're gonna make me watch Miami Connection, aren't you? Is that the one with Alec Baldwin? Miami oh. Blues is the one with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna make you watch Scarface. Oh, finally, Gavin gives me a present for once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Usually, he give me a bunch of '90s trash, but uh, yeah. That we have to revisit, which sometimes works out, but I adore Scarface. I'm totally ready to push it to the limit with you. Good. Uh, it's been a bit. I It did look okay. It is on Netflix. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, so everybody can easily watch it there if you haven't seen it in a while. Uh, what a vibe, man, that movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cannot wait to revisit it. I can probably get Veronica on board for that one as well. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Well, this is this is quite fortuitous because I was like, my brother's coming back from his usual trip. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get him let's get him a little slice of Florida action as well. That's where right where my head went. But I don't I don't think you've seen this one. I might not have. You know, we started the year off with him, and so I thought, you know, we're six. This is our sixth episode of the season. It's time to check in with old Jack. What? Have you ever seen a little Bob Rafelson picture from the 90s called Blood and Wine? No. Okay. What's... Well, that's my choice, and it's available on HBO. Right oh, now. okay. This is a total Sycamore movie. This is a... Noah was, like, burning his way up and down the aisles, and this was in the era of... If I saw Jack Nicholson on the cover, I was absolutely obsessed, and so I would grab anything. Blood and Wine, Jack Nicholson, Stephen Dorff. Oh! Jennifer Lopez. What? Michael Caine. M- Michael Caine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, do you need any more than that? That's a pretty solid cast right there, right? I just want to know what's going on. So, I want to give away too, All right. too, just, too much. Give me the, the two-second two elevator, elevator pitch. Let me get you the IMDb. Okay. Okay. A man who has fall or who has excuse me, a man who has failed as a father and husband commits a heist to make money for his fledgling business, but things become complicated when his wife interferes. Uh said man who has failed his uh failed as a father and a husband is Jack Nicholson. Um and yeah, dude, it's kind of a neo noir. I know you like your like your crime capers and stuff, but it's uh it's set in Miami. So, so hopefully some Florida vibes. It's admittedly been a long time since I've seen it, so this may be the rare time when like I accidentally gave you like kind of a an okay one. But I remember liking it, and I feel like, given the fact that I saw it when I was like twelve or thirteen, probably would get a little more out of it, considering it's an adult crime drama. Uh, but yeah, and directed by Rob Ravelson, who, if you're not familiar, directed Five Easy Pieces, one of the greatest movies ever made, also with Jack Nicholson. And uh, one of the more underrated movies of the 70s, The King of Marvin Gardens, with Jack Nicholson and Bruce Dern, which I also highly recommend. Hmm. And you can watch it on HBO. Scarface is available on Netflix, so I think we've got uh, a pretty accessible 2 by 2 for this month. I think yeah. it's a great way to kick off the summer as well. Hmm. We'll get a little, you know, so two, two versions of Miami. One right smack dab in the... The cocaine 80s and the other one in kind of the, the 80s hangover of the 90s. People trying to scrounge it out and like still try and make a living for themselves doing some crime. Yeah. I think you're going to enjoy it. Right. I mean, you got Jack, dude. You're already at, sitting at like a, a 7 out of 10 most of the time. Yeah. I'll give it you. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, 2 by 2 for June. Scarface. So, so glad. And blood and wine. June, the Florida hangover. No, no, not going to fall. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out some neat name. It's the Miami Vacay, baby. There we go. I've never been to Miami. Well, this is the Miami Vacay, baby. Have you ever been to Miami? Once, yeah. I've been to Miami. You... I've been to Tampa. When did you go I've to Miami? I've been to Fort Lauderdale. I've been to St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg. <laughs> yeah, but, uh... That's how they say it down there. I don't know if you're aware of that. Oh, Okay. That's how the locals say it. Gotcha. That's how they know if you're real or not. I've been to, I've been to Clearwater. Clearwater? Yeah. Went to been Ho- there too? Went to Hogan's Beach Shop. <laughs> Pristine hoagies on the beach, I swear. <laughs> you ever been down to <laughs> Sarasota? <laughs> Quit eating wild, wild hoagies over the body. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right. All right. On that note. There uh, are a lot of Wawa's in Florida. Though. There <laughs> are. There that. certainly are. That's the uh, barometer. Like, here, people are like, well, if the Waffle House closes... This hurricane must be a big deal. Mm-hmm. But in Florida, it's like, well, the Wild Wild's closing. I got I to board up the house and get out of here. <laughs> yes. And we were talking about that because it's obviously we're all snowbirds who have moved to Florida from New England to, you know. Well, clearly. That's that's You're a man are. now, boy. <laughs> you a man now, boy. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, until, until next time. For the RKV Podcast, I have been Noah. And I have been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. And you've been listening to what we've been watching. And as always, praise the Lord, pass ammunition, and God bless Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs>